Blog Talk Radio. Are you looking for the web's best sports news? Visit jockjournal.com. Sports media has lost its touch. It seems that journalists are scared to report what they see for fear of losing access to the teams they cover. At jockjournal.com, you get inside info on the entire NFL community without all the politics or fears other writers have. That's jockjournal.com. When you need the NFL sports news, information, opinions, fantasy, football, or discussions, there's only one place to to go and it's jockjournal.com Welcome back to the Sports Drive where we give you sports radio that doesn't suck. You are listening to Jock Journal Radio. And now it is time for the Sports Drive. Your host, Josh Lopez, will be taking calls for the next two hours. And his co-host, Sean Mann, will be giving you up-to-date news direct from jockjournal.com. So, get on the line and become a Jock Star. Welcome, another Monday here in the greatest city in the world, the greatest city in the world, the greatest city in the United States, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome to episode number 15 of the Sports Drive here on Jock Journal Radio at jockjournal.com. But open phone lines for you at 602-753-1743 as we love to do this show for you every Monday, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Let's get some particulars out of the way. You can give us a call if you'd like to talk some NFL with us at 602-753-1743. Once again, that number is 602-753-1743. Or you can hit up our text line at 77948. So all you have to do is dial 77948, type in the word text, face, and send the message. You'll see the rundown as you listen to the show. We have the full slate of games and topics we'll talk about uh, throughout the show today. We got a special Ethiopia segment today that I'll be doing by myself. Uh, we're not going to go deep play-by-play of every single game because we like to make it a little bit more topical so you guys can call in. Uh, we'll also have the Skippy Bales Bash Hour at the top of the hour. We'll have talked about the MLB winter meeting start today, and then, of course, we'll wrap it up with an interesting debate uh, talking about Monday Night Raw versus Monday Night Football. Uh, follow us on social media at Da Sports Drive. It's Da Sports Drive. I'm at Twitter at WC Josh Lopez. Sean Mann with the never-changing Twitter handle. Sean Mann, SWR. Jock uh, Frank, Frankles at Twitter at Jock JL. Frank, check out JockJournal.com. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Um, let's introduce the boys here. The first one here we got is the man, the man too sweet to be sour, the Gale Force win, big blue bumblebee boy from Blue Bumblebee, oh, Indiana, gosh. the big win, Frank Frankel. What's going on, buddy? Dude, I like how you say it, Frankel. That is so cool. And by the way, you forgot something about Chicago. 
you forgot something. I'm, I'm ashamed. I'm disappointed. I'm, I'm not ashamed of you, but I am disappointed of you. Chicago is the greatest city in the entire universe. You said, uh, <laughs> you said the country, the world. Aren't you forgetting the universe? Is there any other city out in deep space? That I, I bet you any city out in deep space is a lot better than Chicago. Chicago's a lot better than that. Yep. Uh, let's introduce our host here. We got, we got, of course, we got Sean Man, the Gutterball Man from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, or Blue Bumblebee, Idaho. Be fair to Frank here, but uh, hey, ladies and gentlemen, our our resident historian and non-objective Boston sports fan, Sean Man. Good morning, everybody, and welcome, ladies and gentlemen to the Sports Drive on Monday, December 7th, 2015. I'm doing really well, Josh. Uh, it was a tough weekend, a uh, tough loss yesterday. Uh, not too bad at all. How are you, man, and uh, how are you, Frank? Hey, uh, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, doing we're doing good. good. And, and despite the fact that the Bears lost, we're still doing good. You have it better yes. than we yes. do. Yes, you know, you still have to show up and take the heat when your team ends up losing the game. And your team is going to yeah. On that note, we're going to actually go to that game right now as the Philadelphia Eagles <laughs> ride into Gillette Stadium yesterday and put a thumping on the Patriots. At one point, it was 35-14. to 14. So the Patriots, who just lost to Brock Osweiler, a rookie, a week prior, have to go against a team that got blown out by the Lions, got blown out at home by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the week prior, and Sam Bradford outplayed Tom Brady at Gillette Stadium. The Eagles beat the Patriots 35-28. to Patriots are now 10-2 the season. The Eagles are back in the, uh, the pathetic NFC East division race. Uh, let's start off with uh, Frank here because Sean's the Boston sports fan, and we'll get his opinion in a second. But, Frank, what was your thoughts on the Eagles-Patriots uh, game last night? Guys, guys, I remember growing up uh, that during the, during the old Soviet Union, you would have NHL teams in the later years of the Communist Soviet Union would play – uh, the USSR team. Those USSR teams were always expected to beat the NHL teams, and in most cases, and pretty much they did. I, rem- I actually went to one of those mm-hmm. games one year at Chicago Stadium in which the Blackhawks uh, played the USSR, and the USSR won that game. That's how it is with the New England Patriots. They were expected to defeat the New uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, how do you not defeat a struggling Philadelphia Eagles team? in your own yard after the Thanksgiving uh-huh. disaster in Motown. Oh, yeah, I can figure that out. Uh, you have key players out. You know, so Dion Lewis, Julie Edelman out. Hey, Gronk? Oh, my goodness, you lose Gronk. How big is that? Your offensive line looks beat up. Guys, if you take a look at an NFL season here, it's about survival. It really is. And I think from what we have seen from the New England Patriots more than just the last two weeks. I mean, this goes back to the close Giants game on the road. The Bills on Monday Night Football gave the Patriots fit. And then they went into Denver and lost that game in overtime. And now they lose to Philadelphia, which I personally never expected. My goodness, I lost the pick because of the Patriots. 
do you guys get the sense that the New England Patriots are just that darn tired? Because that's what I'm getting the sense that. This team is that fatigued. The New England Patriots, Gillette Stadium, is sleepy town literally with all due respect to Indianapolis. And guess what? The season's coming to an end. The Patriots are going to be in the postseason. Hard to believe that the season were to end today. Oh, they get their home game. But they would have to host a wild card contest. Guys, I'm getting the sense here that the New England Patriots are, sh- are starting to show some signs, some signs of fatigue. And I don't know how you find energy here, if you take energy bars, if you dunk yourself into coffee here, or Powerade or Gatorade, but the New England Patriots better find some energy. Because guess what? Based on what I saw yesterday, I don't know if they can go to the Super Bowl. I don't know. I don't think so. My goodness. What a shocker. Let's go to... Just a shocker. Let's go to Sean. Uh, buddy, what was your thoughts on the game last night? Me and you talked about it a little bit after on Skype, but uh, let the fans <laughs> know your thoughts. And I was ta- and you were there on a, on a Skype call, and you were getting a big laugh because I was on the phone with some family of mine yesterday. Uh, you know, when you take a look at this game, New England did a couple did some things that were bad. I blamed it on special teams, a blocked punt that tied the game up at 14 at halftime, and then a key punt return. New England really shot themselves in the foot with all the mistakes that they made with their special teams. Tom Brady, the way I look at it, that interception when they were right down at the Eagles' five-yard line had a chance to either take the lead or if Brady throws an incomplete pass or if they do a run and they don't get the uh, touchdown, they can settle for a field goal and go up 17-14. That interception really sucked the air out of me and every New England Patriot fan because this was a bad, (laughs) bad performance. Frank, I could agree with you on an extent, though. You know, New England needs... ASP. I had a Patriot fan of mine yesterday uh, visiting with me. He basically told me they need to get everybody back as soon as possible because, look, week by week. Amendola has been hurt. Julian Edelman, of course, out until the postseason. New England is a banged-up team. Tom Brady is still very good about keeping the team together, but, you know, Brady, again, was very disgusted with his performance. He was saying to Dennis and Callahan on on 93.7 WEEI out in Boston, he was like saying, I've got to do better with my decision-making. I've got to make better decisions. I've got to throw better passes. Sure, I was shocked. Every other Patriot fan was shocked that they ended up losing the game. But the one thing I got to tell you about Bill Belichick is that he's always managed to keep that team together. And New England knows that they can bounce back. But if I look at the next four games for New England, okay, next Sunday night, they go to Houston. They got got the Tennessee Mm -hmm. Titans December 20th. They got the Jets. They've got the Dolphins. For the Patriots, I even said this on our prep show on our, our when we were Skyping and kind of going over what the Patriots need to do. In order for New England to get the number two or number one seed and have a first-round bye, they've got to win the next four games and hope Cincinnati and Denver lose like two or three games just to make sure that they can have the number one seed wrapped up. I'm not concerned at the moment that they've lost back-to-back <laughs> games. However... New England loses Sunday night against Houston, then I'm very, very concerned. Because, look, if you're going to get home field advantage, you you have to finish up strong. 
And then you go to the other side. Let's talk about Philadelphia Eagles for a second, okay? Who would have thought that the Eagles would have done what they did to go right into Gillette Stadium and beat the New England Patriots 35-28? to uh-huh. Nobody did. We were all picking New England. The Pats were the heavy favorites. I said on Friday show that the Eagles are pretty much done and all banged up. That win by the Eagles was huge because now it puts them in a very weak NFC East that's up for grabs. And I know tonight the Eagles and the Giants, I'm not going to try to talk about the Giants just yet, we will be doing a lot of scoreboard watching because tonight's game is big, but we'll wait to it, wait till we get to that. Huge win for Philadelphia, and I'm a disgusted Patriot fan like anybody else would. New England fans had every right to walk out of the stands and walk out of Gillette Stadium very frustrated. And they probably went to grocery stores and bought and put bags <laughs> over their heads. Then. And I went to Gillette Stadium in May. There's grocery stores real closely over there, yes. I'm surprised, Sean, you don't have a bag over your head. <laughs> Where's your bag? I, I, have, I, have, I, have one, I have one question before we move on to the next game. And my thoughts of the game went like this. Um, yesterday's game was just a microcosm of one coach out coaching another. You can make excuses about injuries. You can make excuses for this or that. But at the end of the day, it's still a team sport. You're professionals. You need to have 11 of your best players around the world to get the job done, and the New England Patriots did not get the job done yesterday. You better believe so my it. Question you better believe to you, so my question with that being said, is this another microcosm of Tom Brady just crumbling under pressure because he, A, doesn't have his weapons for him, or B, he has to be a leader and lead by example because you know, Tom Brady lost two in a row. He doesn't he doesn't want to want to run into the Aaron Rodgers syndrome where he does he makes excuses for himself for not having a bunch of players and then lose four of the next five games. Well, you know, that's a good question too, Josh, when we look at the way Tom Brady performed yesterday. He has to just realize that he has to be better with making decisions with the football. He has to be the leader of the team. He has to realize, look, we're we're uh, very much banged up right now. We've got key players that are out. So Brady's got to try to be the leader of the team and say, look, we've lost two in a row. We need to study the film hard against Houston. We need to practice well, have a good week of practice, regroup, and get ready for Sunday night's uh-huh. game against Houston. And that's why I'm saying I'm not concerned at the moment. They lose against Houston, I'm definitely concerned. So I think a lot of people are wondering if maybe there's a lot of pressure on the Patriots. A little bit, but you know what? There's got to be, got to be. Four, you know what? There's four games left in the season. Things can change in a heartbeat. Things can change very, very quickly in that AFC. I know right now the playoffs start today, like you said, Josh and Frank. Cincinnati would be one, Denver would be two, and New England would be number three. You know, they like you said, they'd host a wild card game. And I really hope it doesn't come to that, but we'll see what the next couple weeks provide. I think if you look at all of the storylines surrounding the NFL – the biggest storyline here has got to be, gentlemen, what we're opening up the show with. It's got to be the New England Patriots losing because they've lost two in a row. On top of that, they've lost to a team that uh, we were questioning after the Thanksgiving game, was Chip Kelly even going to be around for this game? And I'll say this. If the New England yeah. Patriots somehow, somehow, some way, found a way to come back and win this game, I have a feeling that 
all these Eagle fans who have been trying to chase Chip Kelly out of Philadelphia <laughs> with pitchforks and cars and feathers here. I have a question uh, real quickly. So now looking down the road, Josh and Frank, the Eagles are back to five and seven. My question to you both is, is can the Eagles win the NFC East division? What? Uh, Excuse me? Can the Eagles win the NFC East? No, it's I a don't good question. Can any team in that division win the Can the Eagles win the NFC East division? It's a good question. I think the Redskins, and I'm not just saying that because they're on top of the division, but look at this. Look at it this way. The New York Giants, they lost yesterday in overtime. How huge was that for Washington? They play a game in which they should win tonight. But then again, I don't know if they're going to because I honestly was more confident about the Patriots winning. Uh, If the Washington Redskins win this game tonight, you can pretty much uh, close the book on the NFC uh, as far as the Washington Red, uh, the, the, the Philadelphia Eagles win this division, come on, that's not even worthy of being a question. Of course not. They're done. They're toast. The Eagle has landed on the 2015 Philadelphia season. What, what do you think, Josh? What do you think? <laughs> I, I, I could, Frank took the words out of my mouth. I mean, it, it, it's just that simple. Um, we got to move on. We, got, we, we, we have other games we have to discuss here before we head to our first commercial break. Uh, this is Sports Red, by the way, here on Jock Journal and JockJournal.com. Um, Josh Wilden's here with the big win, Frank Sprinkle, and the other ball man, uh, the Patriots lover, Sean Mann. Uh, we got open phone lines for you at 602-753-1743 if you'd like to discuss the games yesterday or hit up our text line at 779 like for example, we have our message earlier. Uh, I think Nash texted and said that Tom Brady and the Patriots are once a good team that is crumbling right before the playoffs, while the Seattle Seahawks are going the other direction, which leads them into a next our uh, next transition because we are going to talk about the Seahawks against the Vikings. I'll give my thoughts first, and I'll let you guys go with it. The Seahawks. Route oh, the Minnesota Vikings thirty-eight to seven yesterday at University of Minnesota, and you know this game to me, my thoughts on it is that the Vikings don't deserve to make the playoffs after yesterday's game. You do not play like that against good football teams. This team's not injured. This team doesn't have issues, but you can't be embarrassed at home twice in a row to good teams like that. They got blown out by the Packers a couple weeks ago. They got blown out yesterday. There's no excuse for that. Now, let me say this to bring back some reality here to everybody that's hopping back on the Seahawks bandwagon. The Seahawks have been hit and miss. They're 7-5 and five right now. They're the sixth seed in the, uh, in the NFC playoff race. But at the same time, the Seahawks are playing good over the past couple weeks. I'm not taking anything away from them. They've finally woken up on offense. Congratulations. Welcome to the 2015 season. But let's not glance over the fact that this team has been hit and miss like the Green Bay Packers this year. So for everybody that's going to hop up the gun and say, oh, everybody must be scared of the Seattle Seahawks because they're acting in wear form like they were the last two years, 
pump the brakes, look at where the team was before these past two weeks, and don't expect anything to be different. You know, the Vikings don't deserve to be in the playoffs after games like that. You you do not play like that against good football teams. I don't want to hear any excuses for it. So Seahawks are now 7-5. They move on to next week. The Vikings will be on Thursday Night Football against the Arizona Cardinals, who continue to get disrespect after disrespect. And I'll talk about that in the Ethiopia game. Really quick, guys, we only have 10 minutes, and i also like to discuss the Colts-Steelers game. It's okay with you guys. So make your points quick here, then we'll move on to the next all game. Right, right. Uh, let's start Let's start off. Let's start with Sean. Okay, yeah, I was going to just mention. I'll go first on this. Uh, I watched the entire game yesterday. First off, and Seattle looked like a team that was definitely ready to play. Everybody was talking about it. Those Fox Sports uh, uh, people that called the game said the Seahawks are back. That they definitely played well. That they showed people that they need to play like this from the last two years and be the threat of the NFC. With that win, there's no question that the Seattle Seahawks definitely will have a chance to make the playoffs. Minnesota Vikings, you should be embarrassed and ashamed of yourselves. You looked flat. You looked ugly. You had a chance to pick up ground. You know, you think about it. With the Vikings, they could have been up maybe two or three games in the NFC North division. They didn't do that. Like you pointed out, Josh, they lost to Green Bay, got embarrassed by the Green Bay Packers, a chance that they could beat their NFC North rival. And Green Bay is still lucky to be in this NFC North. I, I still am shocked at they're, where they're at. We'll get to them later on. And then you've got, of course, the um, they go into Atlanta. They beat the Falcons 20-10. to 10. Then it sets up a big game uh-huh. against Seattle. The thing that hurt the Vikings, I'm going to make this quick, the thing that hurt the Minnesota Vikings, turnovers and penalties really, really hurt the Minnesota Vikings a lot yesterday. And when you make a lot of turn when you turn it over three or four turn three or four times, you automatically should lose the game. And then when you look at the fact that the Vikings got slapped with penalties, that's another factor. They got called for a lot of unsportsmanlike conducts, personal foul penalties. Mike Zimmer was not a happy coach yesterday after that <laughs> performance that the Vikings played. And now they got to get rested up and take on a very tough Arizona Cardinal team on Thursday night. Not a happy uh, coach. Hey, what about Adrian Peterson not being a happy customer wearing purple? This guy only had eight carries, eight stinking carries. How how many of these Viking fans that were in TCF Bank Stadium or watching the game on mm-hmm. TV kept on saying the word damn in, in the sentence, Give Adrian Peterson the damn ball here. And even Adrian Peterson is not pleased with him not getting the carries. And guess what? If I'm a Vikings fan, I wouldn't be pleased. I shouldn't be pleased. I would be ticked off this morning because Adrian Peterson has been the bread and butter in this offense. He has had five games with over 100 yards rushing, and he didn't get the football. Look, I don't think even if Adrian Peterson had gotten the ball more that's, that they would have won this game. But there, you're talking about a couple more touchdowns here, perhaps. The Seattle Seahawks, wait, Josh, you're convinced the Seattle Seahawks are not that, correct? Yes. Get into the playoffs. Look, they're not going to win the division. I will admit that. That's Arizona's division to win. But if this team can get into the playoffs, anything's possible. And based on what I saw from the from the Seahawks yesterday, I would be pretty darn scared. This fight, the Seahawks team, 
they went two and four in their first six games, and pretty much all of their games were close, even the games that they lost here. But this Vikings team has found a way to turn the corner. And based on the fact mm-hmm. that they went into Minnesota, a game that myself included fought the Vikings, were going to win yesterday, I would be scared. I literally would be. And you know what's going to be neat, too? The final week of the season, the Seahawks have to go to Arizona and play the Cardinal. Now, I think Arizona's going to have the division wrapped up by then, but if this, this, this Seahawks team can get in the playoffs, just getting in, into the tournament, five seed, six seed, whatever the case may be, this Seahawks team, folks, can be scary. They have youth on their side. What we saw from Russell Wilson in this offense, the Seahawks offense, it was vintage 2013. Vintage 2014, we really haven't seen much of that, but we did see it yesterday. I'm telling you, if the if the Seahawks can get in as a wild card, and that's what it would be, the NFC, please beware, the Seattle Seahawks are scary. I'm, I'm, I don't think they're scary, but let's move on to the next I'm scared game here. Uh, well, you could be scared and ride a bandwagon. I, How about? I, I have uh, nightmares about them. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Steelers last night routed the Indianapolis Colts yesterday, 45-10 to 10 on Sunday Night Football. I did not watch this football game whatsoever. I tried to watch it in the first half, and I fell asleep. And um, <laughs> uh, let's go to Sean here. Guys, we only have four minutes, so make this quick. I'll give my thoughts as we head to the update. But, um uh, Guys, what was your guys' thoughts on the uh, Steelers-Colts game last night? Yeah, Josh, uh, I didn't watch the game either last night, too. And this was a performance where the Colts just, uh, they were just like Minnesota. They didn't get, uh, they just didn't get humiliated. They got embarrassed. They got flattened. And I like what you say on the rundown, flat. The Colts were absolutely flat. They had the opportunity after Houston losing yesterday to Buffalo, had a chance to pick up some ground in the AFC South division. That's a two-team race. I'm calling it a two-team race right now. And the Colts, we're, you know, Frank, you had a good question, a good point about Matt Hasselbeck. Could he be the guy that could, could keep this thing up at the age of 40, taking over for Andrew Luck? The Col- what have I always said throughout the course of the NFL season that the Colts have really struggled with? It's the Colts' defense. Their offense is not bad, but their defense is still a problem for them, and especially on the road. Yeah, and for the Pittsburgh Steelers, they picked up. You know, the Pittsburgh Steelers picked up a much-needed win for the AFC uh, for the AFC Wild Card. Hey, They're Sean, not going. Hey, Sean, the Colts defense is like your gutter. It's like your bowling skills. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. Okay. Anyway, with that hey, said, hold it, hold it. I'm not go finished ahead. yet. Let it go. Let it go. I, let it go. I'm not, I'm not finished yet. Pittsburgh Steelers. I have to say this too. They are a team that needed that win big time to keep their AFC wildcard hopes alive. They're not going to catch Cincinnati. The Bengals already have the AFC uh, North division wrapped up, which is a big surprise. But Uh we'll see what happens in the playoffs. But Pittsburgh won a big game. There's bowling reference number one. I was waiting for somebody to mention Sean's bowling at long last. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Josh. You beat me. Actually, Josh, I hate you. You beat me to the punch. <laughs> Listen, 
Uh, actually, you know what? I don't hate Josh. I mean, look look at what you do with the show. Hey, you know what? And on top of that, you're a great guy, buddy. Love you. Not in love with you. Likewise, you too, Sean. But listen, the Indianapolis Colts here, this is a team that has done very well with, with Matt Hasselbeck. And I think that you're getting the sense from a guy that has been in the Super Bowl, being that he was uh, a top-notch quarterback a decade ago with Seattle, 40 years old. He's got the experience. And that's where I think uh, the Indianapolis Colts have been kept alive as far as their season and why they're on top of that division because of the leadership and the experience that Matt Hasselbeck clearly brings. But you guys just hit it right on the head. This Colts team does not have a defense. And the Houston Texans, they're a team that has a defense here. Uh, yeah, I got to tell you, this is one exciting uh, division. The two-team race between the Colts and the Texans. It seems that hold up, you, that, just uh, said, hold up. you just said that the AFC South division is exciting. What? Yeah, it is exciting. It's, 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 oh not saying they're going, my God! Yeah, it's it's I believe what I'm hearing. Wow. Are we talking about a primetime game next week, a must-see game between the Patriots and the that's Texans? That's not must-see. I'm sorry. That's oh, not wait, must-see. So, you, so you're trying to – so what? You're trying to make Sean Mann's day uh, interesting by saying, hey, Sean, don't worry. TLC. The Patriots hey, will go into the news. TLC, TLC this Sunday will be more interesting than the Patriots-Texans game. Oh, my God. We, did. Listen, we way, need more TLC. I, we need more TLC. Green attitude. Way, we have to head to our, yeah, we have to hit up our first update of the day. This is something brought to you by JockJournal.com. When we come back, I'll be doing a segment by myself where I go over the Ethiopia games and we just poke a little fun at the meaningless game that happened yesterday. <laughs> so let's have some fun here. Uh, we'll have Sean do the update right now. Here's Sean Man, the historian man. Time for an update. All right, Josh, thank you very much. Thank you, too, Frank. Welcome to the first update for the Sports Drive on Monday, December 7th, 2015. In the NBA, last night's finals, the Grizzlies 95, Suns 93. The Warriors, they remain undefeated at 22-0. They defeat the Brooklyn Nets 114-98. Pistons over the Lakers 111-91. The Mavericks get right back on the winning ways. They, after losing to Sacramento a couple nights ago, 116-104. And speaking of the Kings, they lose to the Thunder 98-95. For tonight's action in the NBA, we've got seven games on tap. It's the Pistons at the Hornets, Spurs at the 76ers, Wizards at the Heat, Mavericks at the Knicks, Lakers at the Raptors, Suns at the Bulls, Trailblazers at the Bucks, Clippers at the Timberwolves, and the game on NBA TV tonight will be the Celtics taking on the Pelicans. In the National Hockey League, here's the action that we have. There, from yesterday's finals in the NHL, we have got this. Uh, seven games yesterday, here are the finals. we got the Hurricanes over the Coyotes, 5-4. to four. Blackhawks, they prevail 3-1 against the Jets. Devils, 4. Panthers, 2. Rangers, 4. Senators, 1. The Oilers over the Sabres by a score of 4-2. to two. Ducks over the Penguins, 2-1. to one. And lastly, the Kings, they defeat the Lightning, 3-1. to one. Tonight in the NHL, there are three games. Predators at the Bruins, Wild at the Avalanche, and lastly, the Sabres taking on the Canucks. NFL Monday Night Football, it will be the Dallas Cowboys at the Washington Redskins. That game starts at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, which is 5.30 p.m. Pacific. I'm John Mann for the first update for the Sports Drive. Now back on over to Josh Lopez, host of the Sports Drive. Thank you, Sean. Welcome, everybody, back to the Sports Drive here on Jock Journal Radio at jockjournal.com. We have open call lines for you. 
Sports fans at 602-753-1743 and, or also hit up our text line at 77948. Type in the word text, facing it, add your message. If you uh, like to go on a rant on your favorite football team, are you a Philadelphia Eagle fan and you like to tell everybody that they're full of crap and that the experts in ESPN doesn't know anything, hey, by all means, we're open ears when it comes to that stuff. So you can either hit up our text line or give us a call at 602-753-1743. Now let's have some fun before we have before we actually hit our first commercial break of the day. This is a little segment we like to call the Ethiopia Games. So instead of wasting everybody's time going through every single game that goes on in the NFL season, let's just spew out some of the games that mean absolutely nothing. For example, the Miami Dolphins beat the Baltimore Ravens 15-13. to That game was utterly a snooze fest. Next. <laughs> so what I'm going to do here is uh, there's a little thing I used to do a lot in sports world radio where we go from one topic to the next, I would say, next. It's a way to be funny. So if I go from <laughs> say, the Buccaneers game to the next, I'll say, next. So this is catching you guys up there. Okay, Broncos and Steelers. Boring. Boring. Next. Cincinnati Bengals route the Cleveland Browns. I don't want to watch oh any games with Cleveland. I don't care if it's baseball. I don't care if it's the NBA. Cincinnati and I don't care that the NFL. Position. Oh, God, Josh. Uh, Andy Thaw is going to lose the first playoff game he plays. Remember, Cleveland rocks. Cleveland <laughs> just teasing. <laughs> Johnny Manziel is starting in full probability next week against the, against the 49ers. <laughs> I I got your Cleveland Rocks right here. Um, <laughs> um, Arizona destroys the St. Louis Rams at the Edwards Jones Dome yesterday, twenty-seven to three. Carson Palmer uh, out again, outplaying Nick Foles, who, by the way, Nick Foles is reaching Rex Grossman territory in the NFL. <laughs> Next, <laughs> we have the Houston Texans losing to the Buffalo Bills. Now you're gonna, you're gonna question me. Oh, that's Josh, Ethiopia. Why would you put this, Why would you put this in the Ethiopia game? Well, yeah, because why would I you? couldn't grab my because I couldn't grab my computer and my pillow soon enough. Boring. Wow. Yeah, boring, dude. It's we, you know what? We disagree with you completely. Hold it, hold it. That game has yeah. playoff implications on the line between Houston and Buffalo. How can you call that boring? He's shot. Because only one because only one team in that scenario that's actually gonna make the playoffs. Buffalo's <laughs> fighting for a playoff spot, silly. Houston's fighting for a playoff spot. Let's be realistic. Buffalo, Buffalo, here, Buffalo, I think you do. Make, Buffalo is not making the playoffs. End of story. All right. They're in contention. I don't care. They're not making the they're playoffs. They're trying to get back to say they're going to touch all you want. I don't give a fig to they're, 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 they're trying to get back to the football. They're trying to get back to the Hey, this is the easy thing to play with Josh. Not the peanut gallery. You have a gallery. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. Ethiopia, part two. Falcons at the Buccaneers. Boring. Next. And yeah, that's what a way to What a way to cap this off. The Tennessee Titans 
winning 42 to 39 in respect of those Jaguars. And on that note, note, we're going to answer our first commercial break of the day. When we come back, we'll talk about the Chicago Bears against the San Francisco 49ers. You guys want to know my opinion and Frank's opinions. We let uh, Sean talk about the Patriots loss. You'll hear our perspective on the Bears losing at home to the freaking San Francisco 49ers. This is the Sports Drive here on Jack Journal Radio and JackJournal.com. One eight seven seven cars for kids. K A R S cars for kids. One eight seven seven cars for kids. Donate your car today. Also on the web at carsforkids.com. That's cars with a K. We're a recognized 501c3 charity organization, so you'll receive a maximum tax deduction. What's more, you'll receive a free vacation voucher of three days and two nights. One eight seven seven cars for kids. K-A-R-S, Cars for Kids, one eight seven seven cars for kids Donate your car today. Last time I asked you, what is something Drake would say while dancing like this? So let's take what you said and make a crap. Comment, raps, and parodies. You used to bring me some tacos. Now you always forget to put salsa. Tacos only mean one thing. Ooh, there's a spider. Kill it, please. Eek, there's a spider on me. Help, help, help. I should really shoot off me. I just noticed this fire in my shoe. And I will slowly try to extinguish it. Oh, I just saw some pizza. I'm going to go eat it. Hold that thought whilst I deal out these poker cards Now watch me sweep Now watch me clean clean Now watch me sweep sweep I should have bought the real Windex This off brand is a joke I could be a maid and Dust with this dance move It is fall in Canada Time to get out the rake Whoop, I farted, whoop, whoop, I farted. Whoop, it stinky, whoop, it stink. I look stupid sweeping this floor, there's too much dust. Rough game, but I'll brush it off. And this is how I play tennis. There are bugs on my legs. Someone is passing gas in here. Let me wave the air in style. Is it because I haven't taken a shower? And it's the smell of my thighs. I choose you, Pikachu. Sub for sub, rub for rub. This is how you wipe a baby's butt. You Support for this show comes from Material. Material is a simple and intuitive e-commerce platform that lets you get your online store started without paying a dime. That's right. No ads, no setup costs, no transaction fees. 
Experience a fresh and easy new way to sell online by signing up at Material.com today. Welcome back to the Sports Drive, where we give you sports radio that doesn't suck. I, I, I think that I've become a little bit... Obsessed. Obsessed with sports. Welcome back, everybody, to the Sports Drive here, episode 15. Man, the show's flying by fast already. Um, I'm Josh Lopez here alongside the Hyenas, the Sports Talk, the Big Win, Frank Sprinkle, and Sean Mann, the Hyenas from the Lion King cast, are here. Uh, we got some business to get out of the way before we talk about the Bears 49ers game. So, as we all know, Sean lost the bet to one of his friends for the Dallas Mavericks Boston Celtics game. So, Sean had to wrap up Mavericks profile picture. Now, yesterday, Sean lost the bet to Browning, our good friend, the Browning Master, and he's rocking Philadelphia Eagles here today, which is absolutely tremendous. If you haven't seen this picture, this is absolutely hilarious, especially for Sean being such such a Boston historian mark. And now, coming, coming this Wednesday, we have another bet coming soon as my Chicago Bulls will pick on Sean's Boston Celtics at the TD Bank Star Garden and the Bulls will defeat the Celtics and the Sean Man will be rocking Bulls gear again for the second straight winter. <laughs> hold on, hold on, I gotta say something, Josh. Josh, did you know I had to shock you? Yes. You said my Chicago Bulls. Please, yes. Dude, I, but, you're, you're, I can be shocked. Go ahead, shock me. <laughs> That's what you get for saying mine. Yeah, good, Frank. For the team. Good freaking Lord. Okay, here's the way I look at it. This, you know what? This has been, this has been a bizarre, and this has been the most painful last couple weeks of my of my life. Okay, the last uh-huh. couple weeks. Okay, a couple weeks ago, I lose a Celtics Mavericks <laughs> bet to one of my good buddies who lives down there in Dallas, Texas. Michael Signs, yep. congratulations. I'm happy that you won the bet against me. That was a long week. I lose to another guy by the name of Fred Tyler, who's a diehard Denver Broncos mm-hmm. fan. Congratulations, Fred. Their team got lucky that they won that game. Yesterday, yep. I lose the Patriots-Eagles game, and that bet makes me sick. Okay, I'm looking at Eagles gear, and I've got friends of mine saying, Hey, Sean, nice profile picture, Sean. Now I've got to deal with the guy that's laughing right now because the Celtics play the Bulls. I just want to hey, you know, so you know, bad funny, because... Me and Sean what about your gunner? each other. Yes, me and Sean have history when it comes to bets, uh, oh, especially during our right. time when we were with Sports World Radio, where actually I won five bets in a row against Sean, man. So not only is he a gutter ball man, but he's the master of losing bets. You Sean know what? Dude, Sean's a, there, Sean is a loser. Think about this. He's a loser. Pale when it comes to bets over the past year and a half. And hopefully the trend continues as the Bulls beat the Celtics on one. You know what? This Everybody listening in, ladies and gentlemen, officially starting 
on April 4th. Enjoy all these bets now because this is the last time going into next year that I will be done with bets. I will not be betting by this sure. time next year because I get chipped and I get screwed. At least that Bruins-Blackhawks game is not on my birthday, okay? My birthday is the 24th of March. The bad thing would be is that if I lose that bet, I would have, it would be an awful birthday to celebrate my 29th. Oh, please, Celtics, just win and get me strength, Lord. Hey, Sean. Hey, hey, Sean, Sean, I got a piece of advice for you. Just win a game in the, uh, just win a bowling game for once. Gosh. Literally, you know you what, Frank? You lose bowling games. You, you gutter, uh, <laughs> you suck at bowling. Dude, I guess, this, I Walmart. guess Kaylee is. Hey, what's sucks. the matter with me going to Walmart to get my hair shampooed and washed and cut? Let, remember, yeah, I, I told you both to do your assignments. I, I did. I went to Walmart on Friday. Seriously, you want to know why well, I went I can't to Walmart fulfill on Friday? My, hey, hey, Nimrod, I can't fulfill my assignments because Chicago doesn't have a free to Walmart with a haircut place in it. <laughs> it's not the Wild Wild hey. West, you Wow, I wow, went to Walmart. I did go to Walmart on Friday. You want to know why? Because my electric razor broke. I had to get a new one. So oh, I did have go. to go to Walmart. Oh, cry me a river, Frank. Yeah, cry. Yeah, this coming from a guy who gets on me about my. Yeah, go cry me a river. Why don't you go buy yourself a new razor? I did buy myself a new razor. I didn't want to, and I but bet, I did. Hey, Frank. And I bet you Frank, broke you that one, have, too. Frank, do you still I have, have the leather jacket and the glasses? Do you still have the grease lightning look? Josh, that is my favorite jacket on earth. I have a Bears jacket. I have, a, I have two Cubs jackets, uh-huh. and I love them both. But my black leather jacket is actually my favorite jacket that God gave somebody the ability to get that somebody somebody to buy me. You know what? Jacket on Earth. I have to say this, and I have to confess: How much grease mm-hmm. did you watch there, Frank? Did you watch a lot of grease with John Travolta and Olivia yeah. Newton-John, Frank? No, I just like my leather jacket. <laughs> just just like this leather jacket. Hey, it was given to me. We, <laughs> we got a couple of messages from Nash in our text line. By the way, if you want to uh, hit up hit us up in our uh, sports drive text line, it's seven seven nine four eight dial seven seven nine four eight. Type in the word text space and then your uh, your message, or you can send. Uh, you can also send an email to Josh at uh, jockjournal.com. dot com. You can also do that as well. Um, Nash said that Brady needs to make better decisions with the football, and also Sean needs to make a better decision with the team he supports, especially with them playing like crap right now. Hey, Nash. <laughs> Nash, that, Nash, that's a real slap in the face, Nash. That's really bad. You know, that's what I like about Sean. He's still with the team's group. You know what, though? I'll say this about Sean and his defense. Oh, oh, He's not Sean, a fan of convictions. No, let's not say that because three or four years ago, before we met, Sean was a New York Jets fan. Do not he say was? this dude does not ride bandwagon. Hey, Josh, be careful what you say because it may end hey, up I'm coming back. Hey, I have to be careful. It's the fact. It's the fact. You know what? I'm you know what? Out. No, I'm no, no. Out. You okay, me, you okay. Me, you told me you're, you told me you're a Jets fan. Uh, oh, the phone, okay? Ever since we came back from commercial, it's been pick on Sean Day. What the crap is up with this? I thought this was a sports talk radio show. It is. We're, We're talking, talking about, about your team. 
And we're talking okay, about Bowie. I'm going, uh, this is like pick on Sean Day. Oh, hey, my God. No, this is about busting shots and having fun, man. This is what Sports Talk Radio is supposed to be. We're yes. supposed to poke fun oh. and argue with each other. I know, I know. I know, I know. I I wanted to put this thing in try to have some fun because obviously we got to talk about the Bears and 49ers. I, for one, do not like to be a negative Nancy on this show. So I decided why not add some comedy and levity to the situation before we got to talk to a team that can't win games at home. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Why do you think the Bears don't deserve the playoffs? Listen, I, I'll never, be honest. I, I never said the Bears deserve to make the playoffs. They don't deserve I to make the playoffs. I never said that. They blew it yesterday. And you know what? I Here's who I fault. I fault many aspects. Sure, I'll get to the main aspect in a moment. The defense sucked early in the game. And this is a common trait of the Bears at home. Early in the game when they get into the red zone, they have to settle for field goal after field goal. Jay Cutler threw a crucial pick six. And, of course, you had Robbie Gold. And, by the way, Josh, I want to ask you this about Robbie Gold. He misses the game-winning field goal on a nice return uh, that looked vintage Devin Hester. Uh, okay. By the way, mm-hmm. here's, the thing, here's the thing about Robbie Gold and the missed field goal. Do you get the sense that something's wrong with Robbie Gold here? Because lately over the last couple of years, he has missed a number of field goals that had us saying he's good as gold. I gotta be honest. There's gotta be some sort of concern here with Robbie Gold because he is making field goals that were automatic a good five, ten years ago. There's concern here. There's gotta be. Yeah. Yeah, but we have to look back to where the team actually was. I mean, USA Today came out and said that the Bears were going to be the worst team in football this year. Okay, I understand yesterday's loss is bad. And it's unfortunate, but you know it's it's it only a matter of time coming. I mean, I, I'm I'm re- I, I don't like to say this because I, I feel like sometimes when people come out and say, "Oh, I'm a realist. I'm a this. I'm a that," you kind of not because you have to say that you are to make people think you are instead of just people knowing from your natural perspective that you are a realist. But at the same time, I have to look at this situation and say. Okay, it's it's unfortunate. It is what it is. They lost at home, but I can't say that the Bears did not improve this year. And I can't say oh, just because they lost they at have. home to the four. I I can't say just because they lost at home to the four ers that the Bears look like they did last year. It would be a, a new to the face to new what attitude. I I I I would say that'd be a fit to the face to everything John Fox and Brian Pace has done to the team. And also, all the players have been busting their ass this year. Okay, they lost yesterday. That's on them. Robbie Gold, yes. you were supposed to make a 30-yard field goal. And by the way, when you play linebacker, you're supposed to keep your eye on the effing ball. I don't care what defensive scheme you are or where you need to be on the field. You keep your eye on the damn ball. There should be no reason why all these short routes continue to happen and these running backs running through the middle like it's fucking a hyena season. Like, this the, 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 what is it, the, 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 
The what? Uh, the, the desert. My, my bad, the desert. Oh, my bad, the Hosanna. That, that's where you go. There you go. Hosanna. Anyway, the, these guys are running all over the place. What the hell is Shane McClellan doing? He, he's trying to find somebody to cover when he's supposed to keep his eye on the damn ball. Why do you think all these running backs and these running backs are running like the freaking uh, the Wild Wild West out there? And he's wearing number 50, the number that I honestly yeah. think should be retired by the Bears because I grew up watching Mike, well, not in person, and I wish I had, mm-hmm. but on television watching Mike Singletary. I know the Bears retired 89 a couple years ago for Mike Dick, and they said that was last. They got so many numbers retired. But come on, and I was at that game, by the way. But come on, there's, they got to they gotta retire Mike Singletary's number. you got to retire somebody that was a catalyst of those great Bear teams defensively in the 1980s, and Mike Singletary needs to have yeah. his number 50 retired. And the fact that Shane McCullen's wearing it, listen, somebody he's not worthy of wearing that. You need to be pretty darn good to wear that number 50. Listen, as far as the Bears go, I agree. This is a season of improvement because they've won five games already. Five, that's what they were last year under Mark Trestman, and we know how much of a disaster that was. Uh, yeah. is the goal. I've said this, and I'm going to say it again. There's four more games left. The goal should be, I don't care if they, don't, if they make the playoffs or not, I mean, the playoffs, look, they're not good enough to go deep even if they do make it to the playoffs. Just finish 8-8. Eight and eight. Be a 500 team. That's good enough for me. And you're talking about Ryan Pace here, Josh. And I want to elaborate more on Ryan Pace. I like what he did in terms of bringing in the coaching staff here with John Fox. There was a new attitude with that team because of John Fox and what he has brought to the Bears. However, for Ryan Pace, being that this is his first full off season as Bears general manager, this guy's got a project. And we are going to know the true colors of Ryan Pace as a general manager this off season. I like what he did in terms of hiring John Fox. Great. But you know what? This is his first full off season as Bears general manager and Ryan Pace to put together a solid team that's going to compete with the likes of the Packers of the Vikings, of the Lions down the road. This guy's got a project, and it's going to be very interesting to see what moves Ryan Pace makes uh, this upcoming offseason. I'll make this last point before we head to the commercial break. you got to win games at home. It's home for a reason. You have a great yes. fan base here. I know they're fickle, and it seems like there's more Packer fans that are in the city of Chicago than there are Bears fans these days. What? But there shouldn't be. It is what it is. Uh, a lot of people have switched to the Packers now. Um, but I, I love this team. I love this organization. But you Amen. Amen. games at home. I stressed that point on Friday when me and Sean were going over the picks for this particular game. And you have to win games at home. There's no more excuse for it. You can't have all these Nimrod quarterbacks. They're not going to be Hall of Fames or Pro Bowl players coming here and playing, having the best games of their life at Soldier Field. It's ridiculous. It happens way too much. I, I felt like I got Matthew Deladova yesterday by. Blaine Gabbert yesterday. I mean, come on, Chicago. You keep losing the team that you should kick their ass. 
I, you know, and, your home. And, and let me just point this out before we go before we go to that commercial break, Josh. What you and Frank say is very, very true. Uh, you've got to beat teams that are not very, very good, but you got to take them seriously. You can't just say that it's going to be an easy game. You got to take it seriously. And then the other team, like, oh, they think they'll beat us. Let's go in there and shock the world and go up there and upset them. And, you know, the 49ers did that. And San Francisco's not a good football team. San Francisco is trying to finish up their season strong, just like the Bears are. But Chicago knows that they blew the biggest opportunity yesterday to try to pick up ground in the NFC wildcard. So, uh, you know, you have to, like you said, you got to give John Fox a little bit of credit, you know, and props. Yeah, yeah working, a lot of You know, he's, he's working hard with the Bears team. He's trying to get them to be a serious contender. He did it with Carolina. He did it with Denver. Can he do it with Chicago in the next few years? Possibly. You know, possibly. We'll see what happens with the Bears in the next few years. But they got to start even realizing that even if they don't make the playoffs, which they won't, they got to start preparing for their future. They got to start preparing for 2016. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I really disappointing game yesterday by the Bears. Uh, we're going to head to the commercial break. When we come back, we'll start to get the Bayless Bashar have some fun with the snowman, Ryan Snow. Coming up next, this is the Sports Drive here on Jock Journal Radio. Support for this show comes from Material. Material is a simple and intuitive e-commerce platform that lets you get your online store started without paying a dime. That's right. No ads, no setup costs, no transaction fees. Experience a fresh and easy new way to sell online by signing up at Material.com today. Don't let your dreams be dreams. Yesterday, you said tomorrow. So just do it! Make your dreams come true! Just do it! Some people dream of success while you're going to wake up and work hard at it. Nothing is impossible! Or anyone else would quit, and you're not going to stop there. No! What are you waiting for? Do it! Just do it! Yes, you can! Just do it! If you're trying to start stop giving up. Do it! Just do it! Trophy gonna make them pay. Orton and Quinn went to the bench covered in that loser stench. Might be a legend. Legend, the legend of Tim Tebow. Now he ain't like Rogers or even like Vic. When you beat your team, it'll leave you sick. Ain't got big numbers in the second half. He'll kick your ass. Just do the math. He's a legend, legend all right. Legend, the legend of Tim Tebow. 
like Jordan or even a Rod, some folks think he's the son of God. Pure enough to bang your mama. Pretty sure he killed Osama. He's the legend, 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 the legend of Tim Tebow. He's the guy that gives your team the fear, get your woman's knees up in her ears. He'll start a comeback, won't even blink, and you just know his no don't stink because he's a legend. For you. Now, Elway don't want him, neither does Fox. I'll bet that guy's got a five-foot <laughs> He'll beat your team, ruin your life. When he's in town, he can f*** my boy, wife, because that's boy. what legends do. Ho, ho, screw, screw, no joke. Now, f*** the Raiders, f*** the Chiefs. It's all about the man with a swinging beat. Everyone loves him. He's the bomb. Hell, I'm pretty sure I'm getting turned on by the legend. You know he'll never give up the fight with the help of God and Jesus Christ. He's a cure for cancer. He'll save your soul all the way to the Super Bowl with legend, the legend. Legend, legend, the legend of Tim Tebow. Legend, legend, the legend Welcome back to the Sports Drive, where we give you sports radio that doesn't suck. I, 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 I think that I've become a little bit... Obsessed. Obsessed with sports. It is time for the Skippy Bayless Bash. Skip Bayless talks crap all day long, and now it is our turn. We all know Bayless is a moron, but now... The Jock Stars fight back. One more time for good measure. Welcome on a happy Monday, you miserable pieces of crap. It is time for the Skippy Bayless Bash. Skip Bayless talks crap all day long, and now it is our turn. We all know Bayless is a moron, but now the Jock Stars fight back. Welcome back, everybody. Hour number two here at the Sports Drive here on Jack Journal Radio and JackJournal.com. And all the phone lines to you at 602-753-1743. It's Josh Lopez here, the host of the Sports Drive, alongside the hyenas from the Lion King movie, the big win, Frank Sprinkle, and, of course, Gutterball Man, Sean Man, the historian man. Uh, before we get into the bash hour, we got a breaking news story. We won't go into detail about this, but it's breaking news if you're just tuning in. The Los Angeles Dodgers have acquired a role Chapman, the closer for the Cincinnati Reds. So, breaking news that the MLB winter meetings start in Nashville, and on sea, of all places. Uh, so, with that said, let's have some fun and talk about the funniest sports segment in sports talk radio. Before we get, let Sean do the intro, we got, of course, our great friend, Brian Snow, the snowman. How was your weekend, brother? You know what? I had a rotten weekend, but it was a great weekend for the simple. I'll tell you why it was rotten. Uh, Y'all know my favorite comedian, George Carlin. And he said something that's very, very true. Some people are really fucking stupid. 
I can be. The Lord knows I can be. Hey, wait a minute. Everybody can be effing stupid, including you, including Josh, including Sean. Everybody can be. It's part of human nature. Yeah, but at least we have fun with our stupidity. We actually make people laugh. Yeah, exactly. That's the purpose of life. With that yeah, said, let's see what happens. All right, did somebody drop here or no? All right, well, I'm still here. Close is clear. Close is clear. Somebody said there's an echo going on. I, I, it's not me. I yeah, mean, I, I have my equipment here. <laughs> before we move on, listen, Brian, how could your weekend go? You continue. I mean, before just quickly, how, uh, how, what, what's going on? You say all of a sudden your weekend sucks, and you're a guy that's in good spirits typically. What's what, what was the weekend of Brian Snow like? I dealt know. with a woman who doesn't see her own faults. <laughs> yep. And he leaves it at that. Um, Correctamundo. That is you. Somebody do the update. Uh, do, the, do the intro, you hump. Ladies and gentlemen and boys and girls, it's that time. The time that you've all been waiting for. The time where we bash the living crap out of Skip Bayless. But you know what? It's the Skippy Bayless <laughs> Bash Hour! Woo-hoo! Right, here we go. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of Patriots and Cowboys quotes in this particular bash oh, section. So, I'll I in the van. Um, let's start off with the obvious ones here. <laughs> uh, Skippy Bayless said that my... Skip Bayless says my, and I, Frank Sprinkle, the big one, say this. <laughs> <laughs> my New England Patriots let me down against my. Oh, no. Well, no, it's right. Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> if that's the case, Skip, you should be happy. You should be joyful. Your Eagles won. Be happy. Fly, right, Eagles, fly on the road fly. to victory. <laughs> you know, Skip, it was arguably it. one of the worst days of my life losing that stupid bet to Browning because of that stupid Eagles profile picture. Yeah, it's they're like your New England Patriots. Patriots. Hold it, hold it. That's not going to happen, first off. Anyway, uh the Patriots had the game won, Skip, and you would have been happy if the Pats would have won. You've never been a Patriots fan. You are the most you are the worst bandwagon person of them all. Agreed. Mm-hmm. He's a fine bandwagon. If there was this definition for it. Uh Skippy Bayless said that mine There we go. <laughs> My Cleveland Browns are utterly pathetic, and Austin Davis should be ashamed of himself because he has the natural throwing ability as Joe Namath. <laughs> and, uh, this is I mine. This is mine. Go ahead, the natural man. throwing ability of Joe Namath? Yep. That's the biggest crock of grade-A homogenized Holstein bullshit I ever heard in my life. <laughs> Joe Namath won one Super Bowl, and that was with the Jets in January of 1969. 
Don't bring Joe Correct. Namath into that. The Browns have been a laughing stock team. They haven't been even big. They haven't won a championship since the NFL championship days with Jim Brown. The Browns suck, Skip Bayless. Get over it. Shake it up. <laughs> All right. Skippy Bayless said that my – there we go. <laughs> My Dallas Cowboys on Monday Night Football is must-see football action. Wrong answer. I must see if you want to go to bed. Red flag, red flag, red flag thrown on the field. Here we go. No, my bad. Yellow and red flag thrown out the field. I'm sorry, uh, uh, Mr. Bayless. I'll take the last raw heading into TLC as must-see action more than this news fest that we're going to get tonight between Matt Castle and Kirk Cousins. You can oh. enjoy the show, my friend, but I'm going to be watching Monday Night Raw. Oh, come on, Josh. It's the Redskins and the Cowboys. It's an old NFL rivalry. Yeah, if you old include uh, Roger Starbuck and uh, Joe Theismann. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Snowman. I could have said it better. <laughs> uh, Scooby Bayless said that my Here we go again My Dallas Cowboys Still have a chance to make the playoffs With the New York Giants losing to the New York Jets Yesterday Trying to make make a positive out of a negative (laughs) No no team from the NFC East Deserve to be in the playoffs None, not one. The Bears are going to make the playoffs more than the freaking NFC East does. All right, skip, skip. One more loss. The plug has already been pulled. The Cowboys are not going to the playoffs. Mathematically, they're in it. Thank you, God. Yeah, I know, but here's the thing, Brian. Brian, when somebody Mm -hmm. says the team is mathematically in it, it, isn't it safe to say that they are not in it, that they are not going to the playoffs? Because if you have to say because they are mathematically, they're mathematically in, they're, ma- they're out. They're out of the playoffs. When you say mathematically, that means they're not going. Move on. I, oh, breaking, news breaking news story. Be happy. Breaking news. Hey, by the way, Sean, you still have to send me that breaking news uh, MP3 thing that Nash sent you. You still have to send me that. Anyway. Okay. Um, hey, breaking news. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, Johnny Manziel, it was just announced, Johnny Manziel will return as the starting QB for the Browns for the rest of the year after his two-game benching. And so this is a little breaking news story for you guys. Johnny Punk? So Johnny Punk is starting? Yes. Yeah, Johnny, Johnny Punk. Johnny Johnny Punk? Yeah. I have Johnny to say before we get to the next Skippy quote. Johnny okay. Dallas Cowboys having a shot to make the playoffs better than the Giants losing to the Ch- Skip Bayless, if you honestly think <laughs> that Dallas is going to make it to the playoffs, you better pray for miracles to happen. You need luck on your side just to see Dallas try to do it. Sure, the Giants lost to the Jets, but the reason the Giants lost to the Jets yesterday was because Tom Coughlin made bad coaching decisions towards the end of towards the end of the game. They blew it with five minutes left to go. Yeah. So guys, the odds the odds of the that. Cowboys going to the playoffs, I have a better <laughs> the, Santa Claus is more real than the Cowboys making it to the playoffs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know something? Uh, you know, 
know something? My look, my my sweet little daughter having a two foot smile on her face, laughing at this, has a better chance of happening than the Dallas Cowboys making the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> and my daughter's wearing a smile right now. And in her me- and in her memory, my daughter's wearing a smile right now. I mean, help! I mean, freaking Sean can have a perfect bowling game before the Cowboys make the playoffs. Exactly, bingo, bingo. Does it always have to have my bowling games in here? Jeez, Sean, you know why Sean not? <laughs> Sean is I can play a per- Let me throw a little video game reference. I could play a perfect game of Galaga before the Cowboys can make a playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Video games rule, so I appreciate that. I love video games, even at the age of thirty-four. <laughs> You should have heard me and Josh one day on my old uh, morning show. We spent a lot, like a oh, half hour God. talking about it. <laughs> I should join you guys. <laughs> Good times. That's fine. Frank, you're going to have the time of your life when you hang out with me and the snowman, man. Oh, we're going to oh, listen. There's <laughs> going to be pizza. There's going to be great conversation. And you know what? It's going to be nothing but, I don't know, should we say just, just fun male bonding? Is it mature or immature? Help me out here, Josh. Who cares if it's mature or immature? That's exactly what's going to happen. And this is my political statement of the day. There needs to be some more male bonding in this country, considering the fact that some males that are in higher offices don't have the balls to speak their mind. (laughs) Amen to that. Amen to that. That's funny. All right, here we go. Skippy Bayless said that the Golden State Warriors uh, if you win all the games they want, that doesn't mean they'll beat LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers in the NBA Finals this year. I'm going first. I'm going first. I'm hiding in the. Go I'm ahead. hiding in a ditch. I'm going to a ditch. Skip Bayless, you moron! How can you say that the Golden State Warriors can win all the games they want, but they won't beat LeBron James in the finals? There's just one problem with your statement. They already <laughs> did. You stupid son, <laughs> <of> bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I knew that was coming when Josh read the quote. I knew Snowman was going to say something about that. Yes, they already did. And it just so happened that that NBA Finals was in Cleveland when the Golden State Warriors won it. They won 22 straight. I just, wow, you're dissing the Golden State Warriors, the defending NBA champions. Hey, Skip Bayless, I got news for you. The Cavaliers and LeBron James are overrated, overrated. You know how overrated LeBron James and the Cavaliers are? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I've been trying to to come up with something that will effectively describe how overrated they are, and I can't come up with anything anymore. I mean, we're talking about LeBron James and Cleveland, for God's sake. Y'all already know the nightmares that go on in Cleveland. Hell, <laughs> J.R. Smith wanted to leave. And he was – what's the word I'm looking for? He was uh, banished to Cleveland. <laughs> All right, here we go. Oh, no. oh God. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Brian. Before you read the Josh, before you read the quote, who's gonna have the most fun with it? You. You're gonna have a field day on this one. That's what we have you on. Oh, oh read it, read Jesus! It, read it, Bayless. Read it, read it. Give, 
Skip Bayless said that the Golden State Warriors are going to fall flat on their face like the Oakland Raiders do every single year. I am leaving. Goodbye. Goodbye. I'm on your way because I'm leaving. I'm leaving. They're going to fall flat on their face like the Oakland Raiders. Okay. Um, Skip Bayless, have you ever been to a game at Oracle Arena? That crowd is about as loud. No, I can't make that comparison. That's that's disrespecting the Warriors, and I refuse to do that. Skip Bayless, the Raiders falling flat on their face is one thing. You falling flat on your ass with these ridiculous quotes is another. The Warriors are not going to fall on their face. They'll be playing long into June before your brain decides to come into June. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Hey, did you drop the mic? Hey, let me ask. Did he? Did you break the mic? I, I stunned the, the son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, that's new equipment we need to buy. Look what look what Skip Bayless did to Brian. Now we're gonna buy some new equipment. Goodness. I have a spare. <laughs> hey, man, break that? You'll break that too before this is all over. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, next one here. Uh, Skippy Bayless said that Kevin Love's better than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's bullshit! Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, what was that? What was oh, that? I had oh, line oh, my God. Scott, oh, my goodness. I just hit myself over the head because Skip Bayless made me realize this is not a dream. Oh, God, Skip, look what you've done. <laughs> I'm in pain. Oh, because of you. Ouch! <laughs> This one's also mine. How can you say that, Skip Bayless? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar played from 1969 to 1989. He won championships with the Bucks, and then he yep. won championships with the Showtime LA Lakers. That's Indeed. You, you focus way on how you praise the NBA of today, and you don't even do your doggone research about NBA players from yesteryear, you dumb, Amen. idiot. Amen. Um, Amen. Preacher, can I go now? Can, can, can I? Can I? Yes, sir. I'm raising my hand. Okay. You may break the mic. Skip, Skip Bayless, you unmitigated idiot. That is true. Kevin Love. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, six foot nine, seven foot two. Kevin Love has played against the likes of. Oh, we'll get back to that. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has played against the likes of Elvin Hayes, Robert Parrish, Artis Gilmore, and a few others to solidify his Hall of Fame career, 1969 to 1989. Championships in Milwaukee, championships in Los Angeles under. Uh, uh, two coaches under Paul uh, Westhead and Pat Riley. We all know what Pat Riley did in his legacy with the Lakers. That's cemented. We don't have to talk about that. Kevin Love doesn't even know what the word legacy means, okay? If he knew what the word legacy meant, he would have stayed in Minnesota and helped build that franchise the way Kevin Garnett did and took it to the crescendo, meaning the 2004 Western Conference Finals, where, unfortunately, they lost in six games to the Lakers, and he was so distraught, all he kept saying was the word damn. Kevin Love should be saying the word damn because he didn't even get a chance to participate in the NBA Finals last year, but someone decided to give him a good, sharp pop in the shoulder. 
And somebody ought to give you, Skip Bayless, a good sharp pop in the head, not to mention the lower regions. And Snowman's done. <laughs> I like the way you said pop. Pop. I like how you said it. <laughs> that was cool. Next one. All right, here we go. Go ahead. Who's going? Hello? You, you're reading the quote. Hello? Read the quote. I, I thought somebody was going to say something. No, I already, I I already made my opinion. Hold on, hey. Frank. Be patient. Hey, he's the cult leader. Listen, Josh Lopez is our beloved cult leader. Yep. I look up to him. All right, well, then let him read the quote. Be quiet. I am a great leader. Skippy Bayless said that mine. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, here we go. My Minnesota Vikings let me down yesterday. Oh, my. What's the name of Joe yeah. Center are you claiming the Minnesota Vikings for? That's a first. That's a first. It... <clears throat> Y'all want to go ahead of me? I'll go first. Well, okay. Let's let our resident Viking fans go ahead. Okay. All right. First off, Silas, the Vikings are not your Minnesota Vikings. Have, do you even have you even heard of Ahmad Rashad, Fran Tarkington, Joe Cap, mm-hmm. Randall Cunningham, Dante Randy Culpepper. Moss, da, yeah, Dante, Dante Culpepper, Culpepper. Robert Hold Shout on, Robert. Hold it, Robert Smith. Sure. Robert Smith, Chris Carter, and you're the yep. one that calls them your Minnesota Vikings. You probably don't even know what he is. All the greats that I just named. You were not even talking about the Vikings when they were losing. Now you're calling them your Minnesota Vikings. Since when? You stupid, dumb prick. Um, Are you can we add an offensive? Can we add a, a Hall of Fame offensive lineman to that bunch by the name of yeah, Randall sure. McDaniel? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. How about Bud Grant? Um, yeah, Bud Grant. Bud Grant, there you go. There you go. The roller, the roller dome, the years in the roller dome, the years at Metropolitan Stadium. Skip Bayless, <clears throat> I, look, if there's one thing I teach kids when I talk to them when I'm on the road, and Josh, you know this because I've spoken to some kids and you were around me, do your research before you come up with an opinion. Have something to compare before you come up with an opinion. I think Skip Bayless just loves talking about the sides of his ass, however many sides they are, because he doesn't have a brain. Correct. He doesn't have a mouth that'll close up. He doesn't have the <laughs> wherewithal to shut up when he needs to shut up when he's talking about something stupid. Bingo. And his quote Skip claiming Bayless. It, yeah. Yeah. Minnesota Vikings? Really? My daughter yeah, can come up with better history research than, than you, Skip Bayless. My daughter's three. Now, here's what I don't get, okay? Because I I don't know how one can register a bevy of different teams at once for different leagues when he doesn't own a team. He never <laughs> played for them. He never played in the minor league system. Hell, even you try to play for the team in college. So how can he claim them? 
okay, I understand you like to have your nice private time with Jerry Jones at AT&T Stadium, but it's not <laughs> your Cowboys. It's not nope. your Boston Red Sox either. So what is yours? You running your nimrodic mouth every morning on ESPN2? I mean, I understand why you're not a sports center because obviously nobody wants to see George Bush having stuff on that damn program. And you can't come up with a rational thought. You don't even do your own research. You'd have Thank you have tech staff come up with the stats, and you come up with something that gets somebody to be pissed off about. Freaking Nimrod. All right. Um, here's a wrestling question. Josh, Josh has learned from me. <laughs> And also, I, we have, we also had to put some kids straight at the Exxon Files trying to say that yeah, LeBron was the cult. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? Oh, my <laughs> God, yes. LeBron my ass. Skippy Bayless said that LeBron James should be the tight end for the Dallas Cowboys when Stacey would retire. How delusional <laughs> is that? <laughs> what in the name, what in the no. name of Moose Muhammad are you trying to say, Skip Bayless? Now he goes from making from make, to making no sense. Now he goes from saying stuff that's stupid to stuff that just makes no sense and um, mm-hmm. stuff that's insane. Correct. Oh, oh boy! My gosh, LeBron James, a tight end. You know what, Skip Bayless? If LeBron James, if LeBron James left the NBA ditched the NBA and went to the NFL and played tight end, he would Can't. get he would get smacked and he would get yeah. injured. Not, then you'd cry and be like, wah, wah, LeBron James, my LeBron James got hurt. Bastard. Skip, Skip, let me ask Skip cool this. If you, if you want your Cleveland Cavaliers to win an NBA title, which they're not capable of, why would you want LeBron James to go to the Cleveland Browns and play in the NFL. He can't play in the NFL. He would get pounded. He would never be able to walk again. He wouldn't, to that point, to that point, he'd never be able to play basketball again. I like that. I'd love, if LeBron James ever went to the NFL, I would love to have the ability and the body to step on the helmet for one day to play against him. Yeah. So I can one lay day. one so I can lay one good block on him. <laughs> All right, here's the next one here. Wrestling one. Oh, Skippy, oh Bayless said, Skippy Bayless said that this man would lose to a TLC match to him and that this man should put WWE on the line and get Skip Bayless so he could own the company. <laughs> Um, Josh, please go first. Yeah, please. Mm-hmm. That says it all right there. Please go Skip first, Josh. Let's, we we got to hear Josh, this one's yours. Take the floor. This is. Skip Bayless, you're nothing more than an illiterate jackass. You don't come up <laughs> with your own thoughts. You have your head stumped up your ass every morning. You can't sit straight. You move like a like you're having a seizure every morning. You can't still want this decision. Every time you try to make your point, you go like this. <sighs> because um, I can't accept the fact 
that my team suck, but it's not my team. I'm using air quotes, by the way. First off, what do you know about wrestling? What, because you go check out Nate Meltzer's website, and you're just like every other wrestling fan who thinks they know everything about wrestling because they go off the fucking dirt sheet? You don't know nothing about wrestling. You don't know anything about the business. And you're going to tell me that you can own the company? Really? You can't even control your own show. Stephen A. Smith's the one that makes your show interesting to watch. You got a guy with a stupid haircut that talks like nails scratching a damn chalkboard while they're at school trying to come up as a rational sports columnist every morning. Really? Now you're going to go try the wrestling field. At least try to get past ESPN2 first, Nimrod. Work on being... I'm going to say, work on being objective, you twit. All right, listen, listen. Skip Bayless cannot beat Vince McMahon. That we know, that's not even up for discussion. But in your uh, delusional, psychotic world, Skip Bayless, what would you do to the WWE? How, how would I want to know this? How would Skip Bayless run the WWE? Come on, Skip, I want to know what would you do if you say you could beat Vince McMahon, which you can't, and you want him to put the WWE at stake here? What would you do to make the WWE better? I want to hear it. Come on. Um, Come on. I'll, I'll just make one suggestion. If there was ever to be a match between the moron, I mean Skip Bayless and Vince McMahon, and great. Vince McMahon decides, you know, I could uh, put somebody in my place to wrestle for me, and you can't, Skip Bayless. You know what I do just for shits and giggles? I chewed the music of Diamond Dallas Page, a person who I had on the air with me one time, and just unleash one good diamond cutter and see if Skip Bayless moves. <laughs> you know what? I, like, I think I was on mute because I was laughing hard, but I'm going to say this real quickly. Skip Bayless, learn to do your research and learn to think before you speak, you twit. I, I don't know if it's me, but I, I I don't know if it's me, but I and I I hear Frank's complaints about wrestling. I hear complaints about wrestling everywhere I go. I can't of course escape it. Sucks it. Now. It's all over my social media. No, it doesn't suck. Yeah, it, it does. Is it like it was back in the day? No, but you have to change with the time. You can't mm-hmm. see a show sucks if you don't watch it. It makes no sense. You're jumping off the conclusion because it's a PG show, but you don't watch the show. The wrestling right now is kicking more ass than those slow-ass motherfuckers with these shows I'm watching back on this show. Tables and ladders and chairs, oh my! Get the tables! We want more tables. <laughs> I, I don't get it. Who knows? It's a lot of comedy, but I try to defend wrestling, but I, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. Whatever. I got I, one question. I, I, I still don't know anything about wrestling. Hey, don't you I have a question for the panel. I have a question yep. for the panel. If you could be a tag team partner, who would it be? Oh, my goodness. Oh, dear Lord. I had to pick a tag team partner. You know, I'll tell you, okay, fine. I'll tell you. I'd pick The Undertaker. Hands down, I would pick Taker. Josh? Uh, Brock Lesnar. Uh, what am I missing here? Sean? Probably the Undertaker, like Frank. 
<laughs> and uh, then there's me. Yeah, got to roll with the dead man. Of course. <laughs> got to roll with the dead man. Definitely the Undertaker. Still the six man that to be. Okay, go for mm-hmm. it. Go. Uh, Skippy Bayless said that the Chicago Blackhawks suck. Chicago Blackhawks suck. Can I just stock him in the mouth? I'm leaving. Dude, I am gone. I am I'm this putting is, this down. I, 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 I tell you what, Snowman. You smack him in the mouth, I'll kick him in the shin. No, forget the shin. Kick him in the nuts. <laughs> Whoa, dude. I kick him in the jewels. It, it, hold it. I'll go first. I think that's a really stupid thing to say, Skip Bayless. Okay? How do they uh-huh. suck? This is a Blackhawks team. I bust Josh, Snowman, and Frank all the time about the Blackhawks, okay? I do it for fun, but I give them my respect in class because they've won three Stanley Cups. I know in 2013 my heart was broken when the Blackhawks won the sixth (laughs) game, but I have to to show my respect for them because of what they've done. They are the dynasty of the decade. They've won three Stanley Cups, and you say that they suck? You know something, Skip Bayless? You suck. And you should not even be a journalist. What an idiot. You want this one, Josh? Um I actually hold on, can going. I have something first? Yeah, go ahead, no, go, yeah, Josh, go, go ahead. No, no, listen, please, listen. Go ahead. I will I will I will. Rocky Ward, and I'm not being biased here. Look at where this team was before Rocky Ward took over during his dad mm-hmm. during his dad's time. Mm-hmm. Bill Ward side Rocky took over. They were in the sewer. Look at the look. Look at the financial books. Look at the attendance. Look at the at, at the depressed state the Chicago Blackhawks were, being that they were in the sewer. Rocky works the greatest owner of professional sports today, hands down. Josh, you next. <clears throat> Blackhawks are the best organization in sports today. And the story. I believe it. Patrick yes, Kane is a better sports figure than LeBron's name. I'll say Agreed. I'll say this too. Let me say this too. Jonathan Tate has better leadership qualities than LeBron James. He probably probably Skip Bayless would hit you three with, well, come on. What about the fact that Patrick Kane got himself in trouble for what he did? How about the fact that Patrick Kane got acquitted before it went to trial because the stupid that tried to put him on trial knew she was foolish? <laughs> Patrick King got himself into trouble. Well, he never committed the act. He never committed the I, act. Okay. You know what? Patrick King could sue you. <laughs> Patrick King loves good. getting hockey. He doesn't though. care. He could care less. Patrick King. Patrick King oh, loves playing hockey. He doesn't care about this now. He's he's on the ice. He's an <laughs> Patrick Kane doesn't have time to think about Skip Bayless. He could care less about Skip Bayless. Agreed. Okay, okie dokie, sookie. All right, last give me quote of the day. Oh, man, I'm sorry. This is the NBA quote. Oh, God. said that Kyrie Irving, LeBron, and Kevin Love are better trio than Dennis Johnson, Kevin oh, McHale, no. and Larry Bird. 
Duck Time out. out. Time first. out. Duck Wait cover. a minute. Hold it. Go Dennis for it, Sean. John- Dennis Johnson, Kevin McHale, and Larry Bird? Correct. They're not tough. Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, and Dennis Johnson, each on that same Celtic team, won championships. Three by Bird, three by McHale, two by Dennis Johnson. You are so full of shit, you little bastard. Don't you ever talk about Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, and Dennis Johnson like that. And let's see, out of today's generation of NBA players, LeBron James has won two fluky little championships. If the Celtics would have been prepared for Game 6, they would have beat the Miami Heat. Miami got lucky because of officials and the NBA. He was lucky that he won five games in 2012. Oh, and let's not forget, Skip Bayless, that it was Ray Allen that saved the Miami Heat season in 2013. Because if San Antonio would have made their free throws and would have made stops, San Antonio would have won the NBA Finals. Let's see, Kyrie Irving has won. Yeah, Kyrie oh, Irving God. has even won an NBA championship. Kevin Love has not even won an NBA championship. LeBron got away with two fluky <laughs> ones. Shut up, you, you piece of sh- Shut up, you piece of shit. <laughs> wow. Can I come out of hiding now? Can I come out All right, of my yes. desk, uh, teacher? Uh, no, you cannot. Oh, I better stay on my desk. Duck and cover. Duck and cover. Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, Dennis Johnson. Let's throw some other trios in this equation. Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman. Let's go one more. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, James Worthy. Okay? Uh, let's, uh, let's, Let's throw some other combinations that are better than what Skip Bayless said. Let me take you all back to 1979, and it includes Dennis Johnson again. All right, pair him up with downtown Freddie Brown and Gus Johnson in Seattle. Team, uh, a, a trio that didn't win a championship but made two finals appearances against the Bulls, Jeff Hornacek, John Stockton, Carl Malone. We're talking about trios that actually play together, that actually know each other, that actually love each other, and actually can play something that LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Love can never play. It's called defense, you asshole! <laughs> I, I got one, too. Can I, I come I out of my desk? Yeah, can I come out of under my desk? Uh, Josh has a, Josh has one to add to this. Go for it, Josh. Cover. Isaiah Thomas, Bill Isaiah Lanier, Thomas, and Dennis Rodman. All right. Yep. That's one. Shaq, Colby. Yep. And I'm trying to remember the third. Oh, Derek Fisher. There you go. Mm-hmm. And how about this one? Get Bailey, which you claim to love so much. Here we go. Boom. Here we go. Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, and Tim Duncan. And- Can, Can I, I add another one? Out. Oh, I got to stay under my desk. Goodness. Can I add another one? Let's go mm-hmm. to 2004. Chauncey Billups, B- 
Ben Wallace and Tayshawn Prince. Mm-hmm. Not a bad one. I, I like that one. Oh, by the way, we got a text message from uh, i I'll throw a variation of one that Josh threw earlier. Isaiah Thomas, Vinny Johnson, and Joe Dumars. Yep, mm-hmm. Joe Dumars is good, too. All right, we got, uh, we got a text message from the 480 uh, area code. By the way, if you want to text message, just hit up 77948. Um, he says, Sean swearing sounds like a church lady trying to cuss at a preacher for telling the congregation that it's okay to watch Simpsons from time to time. <laughs> Boy, Sean, you're, you just made an impact. You just made an impact. Four, what's that number? Four eight four eight zero what? Four eight no area code. Four eight zero. Dude, it's from I... Phoenix. It's from it's from Phoenix, Arizona. Okay, all right, all right. I can't believe you oh, lost the good. Hey, Songfield loses another bet to me on Wednesday, Snowman. Oh, jeez. Huh? He's going to be rocking bulls here. Song's going to be rocking bulls here once he loses the bet to me on Wednesday. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Speaking of trios. I got one for y'all, and I can't believe I didn't come up with this. Moses uh, Malone, Julius Serving, all right. Bobby Jones. Remember, Julius Irving. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there you go. I, I think we have thoroughly destroyed that Bayless quote that said. You know what? I would, listen, listen, you guys mentioned, I want to say this. I didn't have a chance to mention anybody. You guys did a great job. But I'll say this. If you were to take the, these three of LeBron, Irving, and Love against – I'm going to use a team that I hated and despised a lot. But I admired them for the way they played basketball in the greatest era, and that was the Detroit Pistons that you, uh, Brian, and Josh mentioned. These guys would be leveled. They would literally hit the deck. They would be battered. They would be bleeding. If this big three yeah. went against the Detroit Pistons of 25 years ago, they would not even be walking on two legs. I have to say, though, you know, since it's our last quote, it was a different era and it was a different time back then for the NBA. It was better, better. Yeah, physical and tough. Much better. You bet. Much better. Makes the NBA suck today. <laughs> save, save the Warriors. Except the Warriors, yeah, because they at least they know how to win. Except, going off an NBA except the except the war except the Warriors and the Spurs that actually play team ball. All right. Yeah, correct. Um. Can we just have the Warriors and the can we can we just have the Warriors and the Spurs meet in the NBA Finals and be done? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. They are going to play on Christmas Day in Golden State, I believe. Correct me if I'm yes, wrong. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Correct. They I would look. That. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I said this earlier, and I want to say it again. I want to see the Golden State Warriors undefeated by the time we have that game 18 days from now. Because <laughs> I want to see the Golden State Warriors just embarrass and put coal into the stockings of every Cleveland Cavaliers fan. <laughs> Every fan and every player, I can tell you. Um, yes. Even Christmas sucks yeah, in Cleveland. So, 
yeah. I'm gonna be opening up Christmas gifts while I see the Queen cry <laughs> on the on the sidelines to the referees. <laughs> Oh, you guys supposed to help me out here, but I'm getting my ass kicked on five side TV. How's that for a Christmas present, fellas? We see LeBron get his ass kicked and lit up by Clay Thompson, Stephen Curry, and the rest of the Warriors kick off Christmas Day. That that happens. Hey, that happens. I'll do that Drake hotline bling dance he does. (laughs) That's (laughs) Christmas. I think this NBA special for Christmas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a couple more things before we let this snowman here go. Um, I'm glad we have a match. And um, so we're done with the bachelor, by the way. But um, I've had this thing down here. I wanted to do this for a while, but it's just odd. Like the local media in Chicago is just really bipolar, really narrow-minded in my point of view. I feel a lot mm-hmm. of the narratives are repetitive just to get clickbait on their articles and also listen to their show. And I don't blame them. I mean, it's a tactic that could work for some people, but I'd rather have honesty than just somebody come up with something just to get people pissed off in the city. Because the Bulls are 11 and 5, right? 11 and 6 right now, my bad. And it seems like the whole media narratives this year that the team sucks and they're not like they were with Tom Sindo, despite the fact they're five games over 500 right now. Do they Pretty darn good reasons to me. Yes. Is this the same core from last year? Yes. My thing is, I, I, I just don't, I don't understand the spin of Nick Friedel and all these Bulls riders these days. I, I don't get where they're coming from here. I is there flaws with the Bulls? Absolutely. Well, there, there are, there's flaws in every team. But can't, we can't appreciate the fact that the Bulls are actually one of the very few teams in the NBA besides the Golden State Warriors. So Thank man, you. You can help me out here. You're the basketball man here. I, I am I <clears throat> wrong here, or is the perception that you're not wrong? You're team? not wrong at all. You're not wrong at all. And what these writers seem to forget, and um, I got to take a quick peek, but if I'm, my memory serves me correct, this is the exact same mm-hmm. record they had at this time. In 1990-91, and what happened that Correct. year? 61 wins and an NBA World Championship. That was uh, that was 90-91, right, Snowman? I just uh, I always try to make sure I can do my research. I believe that was I believe that was 90-91. They were sitting at or a little bit above the same record that these current Bulls have, and that 90-91 year produced the championship. Can I tell you guys a quick story about that 90-91 season? Because now sure. that you brought it up, Brian, and before we go, please, a quick story. It's very important. That 1990-91 season is special for me, not just because the Bulls won their first NBA title, but because I saw my first ever NBA game, which was a Bulls game, on November 10th, which was a Saturday night, November 10th, 1990. A Saturday night, the Bulls played mm-hmm. the Charlotte Hornets. They won 105-86. to I have the yep. game on TV, and I've been going to Chicago Stadium the last couple of years, the previous couple of years to see the Blackhawks, and I enjoyed going to see the Blackhawks. My dad was more of a Blackhawks fan than he was a Bulls fan, more of a hockey fan than he is a basketball fan. But I had always been asking, listen, when are we going to go to a Bulls game? When are we going to see Michael Jordan? Well, my dad was able to have connections through tickets, uh, through somebody in which he got the tickets, which were pretty good. But I will say this. And by the way, I actually got on 
TV after the game. The game was on Sports Channel. Jim Durham was on camera. We sat close to the press table. I was actually able to get on TV right behind Jim Durham, a nine-year-old boy I was at the time. But that season, that 1990-91 season, Brian and, and Sean and Josh, the first championship season was for the Bulls was also the first time I ever saw the Bulls play in person. And I have to say, I have to say though, yeah, like I said before, we have to let you go here, Snowman. I mean, it was the beginning of things to come for the Chicago Bulls. They were the team that then, well, think about it, okay? Think about this real quickly, all right? Keep this in your heads, everybody. The yeah. Bulls did something that year that they had been on a mission to do. Who was it that they wanted to beat the most in the playoffs? The Detroit, Detroit Pistons. Detroit. Yes, the Detroit Pistons. I watched something yeah. called NBA Rivalries, and Michael Jordan talked about how he was always sick of losing to the Pistons three straight years, 88, 89, and 90. And that they lost to the, yes, yeah. They I was lost too. To, huh? I was too. No, yeah. Was Michael Jordan I think we all were. 80, I think we all were, but yes. if you think about it, and I leave you all with this, that was one of the greatest doggone rivalries in NBA history. Oh, yeah. Think guys, about it. Okay. The last the real, real rivalry. Hey, hold, hold on, guys. That was the last real rivalry in the NBA because there were men and they were allowed to touch each other and cover and play defense. Yes, yes, yes. Thank but, you. But what, I'm saying, what I'm saying, gentlemen, is that that was the highlight for the Chicago Bulls. They wanted the Pistons. They got the Pistons. They beat the Pistons because then they Correct. said they didn't want to have to deal with Detroit anymore with losing to them. I do know that the Bulls, yeah. I think one playoff series, they played the Pistons, and that was when Grant Hill was there with the Detroit Pistons. So you know very well that the Bulls were so proud that they overcame the Pistons and they finally beat them. Another part with the Bulls was, of course, they were able to finally have their way with the New York Knicks. They always whooped the Knicks. The Knicks' only playoff series that they won was 1994 against the Bulls. And, of course, I know that the Bulls felt that they got screwed because of bad officiating. Mm-hmm. Brian, I know, Brian, I know you will agree with me on this strongly. Say what you want about June 12, 1991, the night the Bulls won their first NBA championship at the Forum in Los Angeles. Memorial mm-hmm. Day, Correct. Monday, no, Memorial Day, May 25th, 1991, will forever the go Memorial down. The Memorial Day Massacre. The that Massacre was, in the Palace. Ryan, won't that, all, won't, that go, won't that go down as the greatest day in the history of the Chicago Bulls organization? It will because it's the, it the day the Bulls finally solved and defeated and eliminated the Detroit Pistons. And Snowman's got to get out of here. Thank you all for having me I'm on. Much appreciated. We love you, man. All right, Always man. a pleasure, bud. There goes the snow, man. There goes the snow. If I could just talk about the Bulls and about about the writers, the Bulls need to do something, Josh, which is just ignore what the writers say. You know, Chicago is a team that realizes maybe it could be their last shot. They know that they're eleven and five. And I have to tell you, Cleveland thinking that they will easily represent the Eastern Conference, I still think there's one team out there that can beat them. That's the Chicago Bulls. Chicago almost had the Cavaliers beat last year. I thought when they won game three and Derrick Rose hit that game-winning three, I really thought the Bulls could have very well upset Cleveland. 
Cleveland, I know Chicago and Cleveland are definitely a rival. They're definitely rivals these days. Hey, I just feel like a lot of media members don't respect the, the media behind a real team. And they just like to glorify stars. And okay, I understand it for marketability and business and stuff. Don't get me wrong, Frank and Sean. But right. we we mm-hmm. watch sports because it's a team sport. We don't glorify teams anymore. If that was the case, they would pump out the Golden State Warriors that they do the Cleveland Cavaliers or the Clippers or the um, right. Or yeah, the I understand. Patriots or the NBA is uh, a star-driven league, though. NBA is a star-driven league. Uh, it's not you just, need it's not just the it's not just the NBA, Frank, but it's just the entire the entire landscape of sports media. Nobody's really taking the time to appreciate teams, no matter what it is. You only you only basis of success according to the media is who's your stars on the team. Well, all right, let's take a look at the that's New England Patriots. Right. All right, well, I, and that's the case, I'm sure, with the Bostonian media and Tom Brady. <laughs> that's got to be. Yeah. Gotta be. Correct. I think if you're the... Yeah, go ahead, son. Oh, I just say, I think the Bulls just realized that they're a good team. And, and, you know, I got a good bet with my good friend Josh, you know, and and I'm going to tell you, it should be a great game Wednesday night. I'll be a good sport either way about it. But Chicago is for for real. This is a team that realizes that they've done so much better uh, getting rid of Tom Thibodeau was one of the best moves that they made. I don't know what was. it would have been. You know what? I always kept thinking about this real quickly. What if the Bulls hadn't fired mm-hmm. Tom Thibodeau? Would the Bulls be a good team with Tom Thibodeau as their coach now? That's still up to question. I think I they know. would be a good team. I'll tell you this. No, I'll tell you this. I'll say this. I think they would still be a good team because mm-hmm. they have been a good team every year under Thibodeau. They did make the playoffs. But I think there are games with a guy such as Fred Hoyt, a guy that is laid back, more relaxed than Tom Thibodeau, who showed nothing more than intensity. I think the Bulls, with some games that Thibodeau was head coach, they would have easily lost. This is a team that yeah. really wasn't crying the river after. I mean, this wasn't like the Bears after Lovey Smith was fired following the 2012 season. You had guys in the locker room that were all pissed off. I didn't see that. I didn't see anybody coming to the defense of Tom Thibodeau after he was fired. I think if anything, Correct. they were happy. I think they respected Thibodeau, but in the mm-hmm. end, they needed somebody more relaxed, more calm, and that's what they got with Fred Hoyt. And, uh, and real quickly, a point that I want to make is with Derrick yeah. Rose on the floor out uh, out the door, it's possible. Uh, because Derrick Rose, in my opinion, has still kind of been the non-factor for the Chicago Bulls. He's not like maybe one of the leading scorers. They're still a good team with a lot of talent that the Bulls have. He's not even a leader. Nope. He's not. He's not. Yeah. He's not even a leader. You no. Know, if, if Derrick he's, Rose were he's, leading, he's, he's more. He's more worried about the freaking free agency and money than he is about the team you know right what? now. You know what? That's bad because he went to high school leave. in Chicago. Shame on Derrick Rose. If that's the case, go leave. Yeah, Shame on Rose. Shame on him. All right. So, good discussion there about the Bulls. All right, mm-hmm. the second hour of the show is over. Um, we're going to head into the third hour. We're going to let Frankie Sean run, run wild because coming up next for the next half an hour or so, 
we're going to talk about baseball. John Lackey has decided to go to the Chicago Cubs, and we got some MLB winter meeting discussions to have big time coming up in the third hour here of the Sports Drive here on Jock Journal Radio. Time for commercials. If you listen hard enough, you might hear the subliminal messages telling you to buy whatever we're selling. Taking a family of five to the amusement park can cost a small fortune. Oh, yeah. So to save some money, we thought, hey, let's bring the amusement park to us. Go ahead. All right. Uh, Step right up. Step right up, young man. Are you ready to ride the Wacky Waterfall? That's just the bathtub with the shower head running. Nope. It's the Wacky Waterfall. It's the shower, Dad. Waterfall. Wacky. There's an easier way to save. To get a free rate quote, go to Geico.com. Then buy online, over the phone, or at your local Geico office. Cars for kids, K A R S cars for kids. One eight seven seven cars for kids. Donate your car today. Also on the web at carsforkids.com. That's cars with a K. We're a recognized 501c3 charity organization, so you'll receive a maximum tax deduction. What's more, you'll receive a free vacation voucher of three days and two nights. One eight seven seven cars for kids. K-A-R-S, Cars for Kids, one cars for kids donate your car today.
know he'll never give up the fight with the help of God Jesus Christ. He's the cure for cancer. He'll save your soul all the way to the Super Bowl with the legend. Legend, legend, the legend of Tim Legend, the legend of Tim Tebow. You are listening to Jock Journal Radio. News, opinion, and discussion for all you jock stars. Welcome back to the Sports Drive, where we give you sports radio that doesn't suck. I, 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 I think that I've become a little bit... Obsessed. Obsessed with sports. Welcome back here, everybody, to the Sports Drive on Jock Journal Radio and jockjournal.com. Jock Wolf is alongside the hyenas, Sean Band, and Frank Sprangle from Blue Bumblebee, Indiana. Uh, we were talking about the MLB playoff, not MLB playoff, but MLB uh, winter beating. They're starting today in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, obviously, we had the breaking news earlier that Aroldis Chapman was traded to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, so, big news there for the um, Los Angeles Dodgers. I'm going to hand off the mic up to uh, Sean and Frank. Let them run wild and have fun with this MLB playoff discussion. And, I keep saying playoff, but playoff off-season winter meetings discussion, especially with John Lackey going to the Chicago Cubs this past weekend. So the floor is yours, gentlemen. All right, Frank, as you well know that uh, the big news coming out of Chicago, John Lackey has signed a two-year contract with the Chicago Cubs. And, of course, this comes for a Cubs team that's trying to build for the future, trying to do something that the club hasn't done in 107, now going on 108 years, where they have not won a World Series championship. Now, for the Cubs to make this move, does this still make them a big threat in the National League Central, or do they need a lot more holes to fill? What do you think? I think, listen, Sean, it all comes down to the pitching. There's no question about it. As far as the lineup goes, that's pretty much set. Uh, there may need to be some tweaking, but it, here's what the Cubs are doing that's right, going after the pitching. And after the Cubs lost, the day after the Cubs lost the National League pennant in the four-game series to the Mets, the day after Game 4, uh, there was a press conference. Theo Epstein mentioned that we got to go after starting pitching. Because if you look at that NLCS, it was starting pitching that crushed the Cubs. I mean, that was one of the worst league championship series ever. And it was because of the Mets starting pitching, something that the Cubs really lacked. I, I know you... You build it around Jake Arrieta with the season that he had. National League Cy Young Award winner. However, you have to build it. You have to go deep. I mean, John Lester, I mean, Lester was decent at best for the Cubs. I'm expecting a great year from John Lester next year because first year at the Cubs, um, getting used to his new surroundings, getting used to this new lineup, the whole new culture surrounding the Cubs. I'm expecting great things from John Lester, being that he had his first year with the Cubs. It's over with. Great things next year. Uh, Jake Arrieta, you've got to be questioning just how effective will he be. I mean, will he be this dominant? I mean, can he at least be good? I mean, I think he'll be a good pitcher, but the question is, can he be this dominant pitcher that everybody was talking about, especially during the second half of the season? The fact that you went after John Lackey, 
is a good move, but I'll be honest. I wish the Cubs had gone after Zach Greinke. Obviously, the Arizona Diamondbacks winning that sweepstakes with that six-year, $206 million, $207 million contract, whatever it was. But the fact that you go after John Lackey, a guy that the Cubs did face constantly as a member of the St. Louis Cardinals, a guy that beat the Cubs in the playoffs last year in the National League Division Series. This guy knows the division. He knows the St. Louis Cardinals, which is still going to be a tough team to beat. I think it's a pretty decent move. So I'm happy the Cubs went after John Lackey. But they still need more. They need more bullpen help. I, I think so, too. When uh, you look at the way the Cubs are, you know, this is a crucial week. We'll get to the winter meetings when we, uh, when we get there. Uh, but when you right. look at it, you know, this is a big, big move for the Cubs. You know, Chicago yeah, is wanting to build that they are building for the future. They're a team that wants to do well. And I have a lot of respect for Theo Epstein. You know, Theo Epstein, uh, especially with his days with the Boston Red Sox as a Red Sox fan, I was very, very pleased about what he had done when he had made big moves to do his job, and he brought two championships to the city of Boston. I was very, very proud about that, about what he did. I'm sure Theo's belief was, he goes, well, I did it in Boston. I, you know, we, we ended the drought. We ended the, the so-called curse that we no longer have to hear about anymore, even though I never believed in it to begin with. Now he goes to Chicago, and he's been trying to do something where he has tried to develop a good farm system, bring in talent, bring in hitting, bring in pitching. And, of course, he brought in the right man to be the manager of the Chicago Cubs and Joe Madden. And I have respect for Joe Madden because Joe Madden, if there's a guy who knows how to turn teams around, Joe Madden knows how to do it. He turns teams around. Look what he did down there in St. – yeah, look what he did in St. Petersburg. Look what he did down there. He brought the Rays around, and for a while they were – you know, they won some pennants. They won some divisions. They got to some playoffs – uh, appearances under Joe Madden. So I can tell you, Joe Madden was the perfect perfect fit for the Chicago Cubs. Now, can they get the job done and can they win the World Series? That is still yet to be determined. And I know Cub fans are anxious. They're itching for the moment where they'll have the big tear of joy to celebrate that first championship in a long, long, long time. You know, it's just, it depends on what else they need. I, you know, there's a lot of work. Yes, a lot of is. work that yes, has to be done is. for the Chicago Cubs team, you know, just to be a threat again for next year, which I believe they will be. And you know what? How devastating is this for the St. Louis Cardinals? You have John Lackey who goes to your arch rival. I and, mean, of course, you know, I always call the Cubs and the Cardinals the Midwest rivalry because those two well, teams do have a dislike. Yeah, those two teams have a dislike for each other. The Cardinals and the Cubs – is like is the Midwestern rivalry. They do not like each other. The Cardinals have been, of course, more successful than the Cubs have. Let's keep yes. in mind about that. That's a team True. that's yep. won 11 World Series championships from the National League. It, it's a great rivalry, but I'll be honest, I, it's definitely not Red Sox-Yankees, or at least Red Sox-Yankees of, of the late 1970s, or some of those great Dodger uh, giant uh, matchups that we that we've seen in years past. I would say it's a great rivalry, but it's not as heated, not as intense. Uh, I think now you're starting to see the intensity, and of course they made the playoffs last year. I think that has just tipped the iceberg because this is an intense rivalry. You got the veteran ball club in the St. Louis Cardinals. You got the young up and coming club in the Chicago Cubs. And you look at Lackey coming to Chicago, coming to the Cubs. 
that was the right choice. That was the right choice. Because then we talk about, oh, David Price and the fact that he turned down the Cubs' offer. <laughs> David Price, what are you thinking? How could you turn down this offer with mm. such a young ball club? Listen, your postseason record completely sucked. But you know what? This is a team that is starting to mature, that is starting to turn the corner, a team that is going to score you runs, a team that has big bats in the lineup. David Price, I would say get your head examined, please. Because you know what? You turned down a golden opportunity. My, oh, my. God, oh, God, how could you do this? Well, the way I – look, I I disagree with you, Frank. I know where – because – you know what? The Red Sox did what they needed to do to go out and get starting pitching, and that's the key thing. Sean. Congratulations, Sean. Yes, David but, you know, we, I'm not going to try to – we'll wait till we get to the winter meetings to discuss all of our teams, but I still think it was a good move. I won't try to be biased, too biased toward uh, David Price, but Dave Dombrowski, who I have got oh, tremendous yeah. respect Me for, Dave, went too. out and said – Went out, you know what? When he was hired, Dombrowski went out, examined what this team needed to be like. Said, "Okay, here's what we got to do. We have to fix. We have to start low and work high. We got to fix. We got to clean up this off season. We got to figure out exactly the areas that need to be fixed." And he went out there and he got starting pitching. And when he went out there and he got his got starting pitching, that was a big thing to get a number one. Now we'll see what other moves they can do um, as the winter meetings start, of course, tonight. But going back to the Chicago Cubs, though, knowing that yeah. they got John Lackey is big. Who yeah. else? Yeah. Who knows what other moves they could be? John Lester, you expect to see good things for, uh, from him, and John Lester is great. Yeah. John Lester, I have to tell you, his resume speaks for itself. You know that's why the Cubs were so desperate to get John Lester and steal him away from the Red Sox. I won't forget that last year. But the <laughs> fact that they were able to do what they had to do to because I look at how he clutch. He was in the postseason for the Red Sox and some of the championships he won. I mean, he he won the uh, clincher of Game 4 of the 2007 World Series for the Red Sox against the Colorado Rockies. He pitched a no-hitter against Kansas City. He won Game 6 against the uh, Cardinals. Uh, actually, Game 5 against the St. Louis Cardinals uh, for 2013 Fall Classic. So the way I look at it is that the Cubs were so smart to go after them, and Theo Epstein did everything in his power to get him in a Chicago Cubs uniform. But Theo knows there's a lot of work to be done. But he's gonna he's trying Not everything he can. I know Cubs. I gotta say this: Cub fans have been happy with the move to bring in Theo Epstein ever since the news was announced that he went there. I still have respect for Theo Epstein because of the fact that he's a he's a veteran. He's a guy that knows. Hey. I'm the general manager. I'm the senior vice president of this Cubs team. I know what needs to be done. I know I've got to fix this team to be able to be tough. And he did that. When And as a Red Sox fan, I applauded him for what he did because some of the moves he made were big. Because when he brought in Schilling and he brought in Full and then he outbid everybody for Daisuke Matsuzaka, that was very – that made me happy. There were some moves I didn't uh, like, though. Carl Crawford, I expected big things, but – we all know the relationship between Carl Crawford and John Henry. And, and understand this about Theo Epstein. Uh, when he came to the Red Sox, uh, you got to admit this too, Sean. He did do stuff, but this was a club that was pretty much all established for the most part. What Theo Epstein has done in Chicago has done in Chicago at this point has been great. 
But I'll say, I've said this to everybody about Theo Epstein. What he potentially can do with the Chicago Cubs will be the hallmark, will be what Theo Epstein is identified with. Because with the Red Sox winning the World Series as great as it is, the Chicago Cubs are a team that everybody will root for if they make it to a World Series because they want to see it happen. Unless, of course, you're playing the other team. Unless, of course, you're the other team in the World Series and your fan base is going to root for them. But they want to see this happen because it's been, it will be 108 years heading into next year. They want to see what the response is, what the feeling is going to be like. People have asked, what will it be like when the Chicago Cubs win the World Series for me personally? And my answer is, I just don't know. And you're probably asking, expecting me to give you an answer. I just can't give you an answer. Because I believe the feeling is just too good to imagine. The Chicago Cubs winning the World Series, really, the lovable losers, a team that uh, has had many mediocre years, and a team that... Well, in case in point, this year's playoffs, when something great is happening, all of a sudden, the bottom drops. I just don't know what the feeling is going to be like. Ask me after I experience it. Now, I, I, Yeah, and, and you know, uh, you asked me uh, when you called and you congratulated me when New England won. Of course, I'm not, I know that's football. You know, we talked, we talked on the phone a lot, Frank, about how how big it was with the Red Sox winning it. Yes, um, that's, that's what it's all about here. And and I and you know a lot of people have asked me about that, what that feeling was yeah, like when the ask, Red Sox let won. You, let me ask you this, Sean. Let me ask you this, Sean. A bit of Red Sox fan going back to 2004 here. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you, did you ever envision what it was going to be like, or was it hard for me to imagine, or like you, like it is for me now? Was it just? too hard to imagine what the feeling would be like for when the Red Sox won the World Series because how were you supposed to know? This was something that was supposed to be great, something that was supposed to be grand, and indeed it was. But wasn't the feeling just hard to describe before the Red Sox swept the Cardinals in 2001? You know, I can, you know what? I, my memory is like a file cabinet with that year. Uh, what I remember mostly is everybody was talking about saying, would this be the year or what would it be like if they would have won, win this? You know, I can always remember before that fourth game and I came home, you know, from high school, I had no homework right. that day, October 27th, 2004, when they were on the brink of winning the championship. I remember turning on ESPN and Dan Shaughnessy of the Boston Globe coming out and saying, right. He said, you know, the Red Sox win this World Series. It would be the biggest thing since JFK got elected. And I said, I love that comparison. (laughs) Even though sports and politics are two different subjects, two different categories. But I can say that I'll never forget that whole 04 season when everybody was wondering if this would be the year. Everybody was kind of like the media and everybody was following that Red Sox team, wanting to know what that team was going to do that year in 2004 and it was amazing it was one heck of a season and you know for a cup for a while from like oh april of 04 like july of 04 they were starting to play a lot of what we would say 500 baseball but from august when they went 21 and 7 all the way to october of 04 they were red hot and they never looked back and on that note we have got to go to a commercial break all right, we'll be right back. We'll continue the conversation on the 
Sports Drive here on Jock Journal Radio. Time for commercials. If you listen hard enough, you might hear the subliminal messages telling you to buy whatever we are selling. Taking a family of five to the amusement park can cost a small fortune. Oh, yeah. So to save some money, we thought, hey, let's bring the amusement park to us. Go ahead. All right. Uh, Step right up. Step right up, young man. Are you ready to ride the Wacky Waterfall? That's just the bathtub with the shower head running. Nope, it's the Wacky Waterfall. It's the shower, Dad. Waterfall. Wacky. There's an easier way to save. To get a free rate quote, go to Geico.com. Then buy online, over the phone, or at your local Geico office. Support for this show comes from Material. Material is a simple and intuitive e-commerce platform that lets you get your online store started without paying a dime. That's right. No ads, no setup costs, no transaction fees. Experience a fresh and easy new way to sell online by signing up at Material.com today. Hey, Josh, glad you came over. Would you like a drink? What do you want, Sylvie? I really can't play. Just the stats are great. It's time to play Jay. Just the stats are great. These five games have been, been hoping they put so great in. for me. Can I just hold you close to me? You know that I'm just second string. Better than Peyton Manning. And Jay would be certainly mad. Josh, you are making me sad. I have to be at practice so early. Josh, you are so handsome and burly. Which way is it to get to the door? Can't you say a little? You're really a drag. Baby, I love you so. Dude, what is on that rag? Just smell it. Now I'm never letting you go. (laughs) Don't let your dreams be dreams. Yesterday, you said tomorrow. So just do it. Make your dreams Come true! Just do it! Some people dream of success while you're gonna wake up and work hard at it. Nothing is impossible! Where anyone else would quit, and you're not gonna stop there! No! What are you waiting for? Do it! Just do it! Yes, you can! CarsForKids.com. That's Cars with a K. We're a recognized 501c3 charity organization, so you'll receive a maximum tax deduction. What's more, you'll receive a free vacation voucher of three days and two nights. 1877 Cars for Kids. 
KARS Cars for Kids. 1877 Cars for Kids. Donate your car today. Are you looking for the web's best sports news? Visit jockjournal.com. Sports media has lost its touch. It seems that journalists are scared to report what they see for fear of losing access to the teams they cover. At jockjournal.com, you get inside info on the entire NFL community without all the politics or fears other writers have. That's jockjournal.com. When you need the NFL sports news, information, opinions, fantasy, football, or discussions, there's only one place to to go and it's jockjournal.com. Welcome back to the Sports Drive, where we give you sports radio that doesn't suck. Welcome back, everybody, to the Sports Drive here on Jock Journal Radio and jockjournal.com. We also have our own Sports Drive page. It's jockjournal.com backslash TSD. Those are the acronyms for the Sports Drive with Sean Mann and Josh Lopez. So, uh, we still got open phone lines for you at 602-753-1743 if you'd like to discuss any of the NFL action yesterday or tonight's Cowgirls-Redskins game from uh, Washington, D.C. Or uh, would you also like to discuss the MLB uh, winter meetings that are going on in Nashville right now? Uh, we got Sean and Frank here. Um, you can follow them on Twitter at SeanManSWR and JockJRLFrank. I'm on Twitter at WD Josh Lopez. If you'd like to hit up our text line, hit 77948. Uh, dial 77948. Type in the word text, space, and then your message. Uh, all right, gentlemen, let's go back to business. Uh, we, there was a couple of plays you guys mentioned during the commercial break that you guys wanted to talk about in the segment, right? That is correct. Uh, we are, we all know, ladies and gentlemen, that today is day one of the winter meetings. That is taking place in Nashville, Tennessee, where you're expected to see a lot of trades, signings, and, of course, what we also say, transactions. I would like to start this off, uh, Josh and Frank, with the Cincinnati Reds. They trade their closer, Chapman, to the L.A. Dodgers. Frank? This guy has an overpowering fastball. This is a left-hander in which I'm left-handed, and I could have only dreamed, having played baseball myself, to have an arm like Aurora Chapman. This Dodger team, they got their closer, and they've already hit a home run with it. Because Aurora Chaplin, if you listen, if you get a two, three-run lead, it's more than likely game over. Because Aurora Chaplin, uh, you take a look at this guy, very consistent when he was with uh, the Reds. Uh, in years past. I mean, this guy, my goodness. I'm, I'm shocked that, he, first of all, the Dodgers were looking at, I mean, pardon me, the Reds were looking at trading him. It, it comes to a shock, but I guess when it comes to these winter meetings, uh, always anticipate the unexpected. Uh, you had Kenley Jansen, who recorded 36 saves in 2015, 44 saves last year, but they're looking for somebody, obviously, uh, to continue uh, the mark of of keeping games within the within the hands of quality closer. Great job, I think. Great job. Great trade. And thank you, Josh, for breaking it. You know what? For the Dodgers, yes, they're they're going to be different next year. Okay, think about it. Go back to October. Okay, they ended up losing in five games to the New York Mets. There was a big talk about how the Dodgers were wondering if they were going to bring Don Mattingly back. They didn't bring back Don Mattingly. They parted ways with him. Mattingly goes to the Miami Marlins. Then the Dodgers bring in, of course, Dave Roberts. 
Now they bring in this closer, Chapman, from the Cincinnati Reds. It's a big move for them. The Dodgers also did another thing. They also brought in Iwakuma from the Seattle Mariners. So the Dodgers are trying to work really, really hard to improve their pitching. But I think the question is, how well will Dave Roberts do as the first-year rookie manager of the L.A. Dodgers? That's still a big question, Frank. I think, though, being that he's got a veteran ball club, not a young ball club, that helps. Mm-hmm. Because you were talking about somebody like a Joe Madden. And Joe Madden, an experienced manager, that's what you need with a young ball club because there are guys coming up throughout the, coming into the major leagues, like with the Chicago Cubs, that are still learning the ropes. Well, you take a look at these guys prominently with the Los Angeles Dodgers, a lot of veterans on that ball club. So for Dave Roberts, uh, I think for him it's a good job to have, also considering that he was uh, with the San Diego Padres as a coach, so he knows the division very well. Veteran ball club, as I said, I think it's a good hire. I think it's a good hire indeed, too, because, uh, of course, he lives in the uh, down there in Southern California. He was with the San Diego Padres. Now he comes to an L.A. Dodger organization that's trying to end their World Series drought. Next year, it's going on 28 years since the L.A. Dodgers' last World Series. They Come beat on. The Oak- it's been 108 years since the Cubs won the World Series. <laughs> The Cu- well, the Dodgers haven't won it, of course, in uh, 1988. That was when they beat the Oakland Athletics. That would be in five games. Other news to report in the Major League Baseball, there's been a lot of stuff to get to. Zach Granke, of course, is saying goodbye to the L.A. Dodgers. Zach Granke is going to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Your thoughts, Frank? $34.4 million a year on average. And Zach Granke, this is a huge – talk about the Dodgers, veteran ball club still – but a huge loss considering that we always associate that one-two punch between uh, Kershaw and Granke. But if you look at the Diamondbacks, they were very aggressive because Johnny Cueto, they wanted Johnny Cueto, and he rejected their offer. You know that the Diamondbacks realized that they need not just pitching, but they need a big-name starter. And for the Diamondbacks to go after some to steal to literally steal somebody from within that division. That's an excellent move right there because uh, Zach Greinke, obviously having pitched with the Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, definitely uh, familiar with, with, with that division, but also it's an opportunity with a young ball club to really help guide them and become the number one starter because that's something that as good as Zach Greinke was, he didn't have that luxury in Los Angeles with the Dodgers because Clayton Kershaw was the number one starter. Now Zach Frankie, I mean, with the Royals, with the Brewers, he returns to that number one starting role. Indeed. And and I think with uh, Zach Frankie, his mindset was – uh, the reason why he went to the Diamondbacks is I don't think he wanted to go to a big market team. I just don't – I think Perhaps. with his ang- – I think with his anxiety, if he was looking at maybe going to a team like the Red Sox, like the Yankees, the Mets, or the Phillies, I don't think he would want to handle being in a big like market, you know, on a big team. So I think his mindset was, I don't want to deal with anxiety. I don't want to deal with the media. I think Zach Greinke is more of what we call a private man, but he's a good pitcher, though. He did a great job with the Royals. He was a, he was on the all-star team for the Royals. He was uh, phenomenal. So, but Sean, uh, I also we, think, too, he wants to get back to that number one starting role, too, because mm-hmm. uh, he wasn't the main man. Listen, as good as Zach Greinke has been and was in Los Angeles, he was not the main man there. Clayton Kershaw was and continues to be. 
Other news to report from Major League Baseball, Jared Salt-Lamakia agreed to a one-year deal with the Detroit Tigers over the weekend. He will be the backup t- uh, catcher for the Detroit Tigers. This Tigers team is definitely making some moves, too, and they know they got to make some moves because uh, this is a crucial offseason for the Tigers, a team that until a couple years ago really dominated that AL Central. As a matter of fact, we look at the AL Central until a couple years ago, and we were saying, okay, who's going to finish in second place to the Detroit Tigers? But going after Jared Saltalamacchia, you're giving a proven veteran. Obviously, you've got to uh, look at uh, the shot that they t- at really firing um, the, uh, the 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 revenge shot, I guess you can say, signing Jordan Zimmerman. I mean, this is after uh, Max Scherzer left with that big deal with the Washington Nationals. Now, they still one of their pitchers, and a pretty good one, a guy that's thrown a no-hitter himself in Jordan Zimmerman. This Detroit Tigers team has continued to make moves, and they got to. It's going to be very interesting to see what Detroit does considering that this was the best team in the AL Central, not the case anymore with, obviously, the Kansas City Royals. With the Tigers, I have to say that uh, with them getting a backup catcher, it's a good thing. Saltalamaki, a good catcher. I, of course, remember him uh, in the days when he was with uh, the Red Sox. But And then, of course, he left uh, the Red Sox after their triumph of 2013 when they won the World Series. But you have to look at it like this. He knows very well that he can still hit. He's a good backup catcher for them. Detroit made the right move to get him. But you're right, Frank. It is a critical a critical season offseason for the Detroit Tigers. They had a miserable year last year. Dave Dombrowski, of course, left, got, you know, stepped down. Actually, they parted ways with Dave Dombrowski. It was in July of this year. So you have to look at it as a big, big factor that the Tigers are doing what is necessary. They're losing, of course, key pieces. And you know what? I still say right now, if I have to look at the AL Central, the team that still is going to be favored to win it when opening day gets here, I'm still going to have to say the defending World Series champion, Kansas City Royals. Until somebody tells me differently, right now the Royals are still the team to beat. And I, I mean, why not? I, you know, this is the team that ended their 30 year drought. Of course. Sean, that's no question about it. They're young. They won the World Series. They surprised, I think, every people. Uh, boy, did they surprise every people. Every, uh, they surprised pretty much everybody. Based on the fact that, okay, here's a small, young market club that after winning the, uh, getting into the playoffs in 2014, going to the World Series, what would they do to get back? Well, they did the ultimate. They won the World Series. They're now a veteran ball club. So, really, you know what? That's not just the case with the Detroit Tigers. That's got to be the case with every ball club in that AL Central because guess what? The Kansas City Royals, they have the majority of their talent coming back. They're not going away. So what do the White Sox, the Indians, what do they do? What do the Twins do? That's going to be very interesting. Indeed. And speaking of the Royals, we stick with them. The Royals, they made a move over the weekend. Uh, Right-hand relieving pitcher, reliever pitcher, Joaquin Soria, near a three-year deal to return to the Kansas City Royals. Of course, he was with the Pittsburgh Pirates. A big boost for them, too. Uh, you know, for the Royals, in order for them to repeat, they've got to continue to maybe see if they can keep their young talent there. But for how long, though? I mean, you're wondering how long the Royals can still be a legitimate threat in the American League Central. Can they keep their team healthy? Can Ned Yost make this team a threat again? Who knows? 
I think with the young talent that they have, look, it's tough to repeat in any league. Oh, and yes. I don't think the Royals I don't think the Royals are gonna be the odds on favorites to win the World Series. But in terms of getting close to that deal, um with Soria, which would be a three year, twenty five million dollar deal, uh that that's big for Kansas City because look, you do need your pitching back. You've got a great lineup there and uh, and, and to get Soria, I'll say this, from looking at him and what he was able to do uh, with the Pittsburgh Pirates as of late, uh, mm-hmm. this is a guy, I mean, how could you not want to go to, how could you not want to go to uh, the, the Kansas City Royals? A team that won the World Series, a team that some people may look as being favorites to get back to the World Series. Who knows? I think it's a good deal for the Tigers, uh, not the Tigers, the Royals, and for Soria himself. Indeed, it is, and of course, all the uh, the fact I mean, that Kansas City too, especially the fact that Ned Yoke has been the manager who has been under fire as manager of that Kansas City Royals team. Remember, there were years where people were thinking that he wouldn't last long, but he's done a great job. He's just kept that Royals team together. He's a young guy, you know. He's been with a young group of guys, and of course, this was a Royals team that told their owner you know, that they were going to do it this year, that it was going to be mission accomplished, that they were going to end their 30-year drought, which they this did. Guy, this guy will forever be loved in Kansas City because there have only been two managers that have led the Royals to World Series championships, him and the late Dick Hauser. So a, uh, go ahead. we got a few minutes to go before we have to get to our final – Yeah, but before we get to our final commercial break of the day, Jonathan Papelbon, grievance not helping the Nationals' cause – if the Nationals were considering the possibility of Jonathan Papelbon returning as their closer next season, they might want to think again. According to a report from the Boston-based WEI, the former Red Sox and Phillies closer who came to Washington in a deadline trade in July has filed a grievance against the Nats for withholding his salary during a team-issued four-game suspension in October. Papelbon is claiming that there's no precedent for a player players' pay being docked during a team-sanctioned suspension. What is your thoughts about Jonathan Papelbon right now as we speak? Listen, listen, I think the Washington Nationals are sick and tired of Jonathan Papelbon after getting into that incident with Bryce Harper the last day of the season because Bryce Harper, look, I know it wasn't a good year for the Washington Nationals because many people thought, quite honestly, if you were to look into a crystal ball and tell me that somebody from the NL East is going to be in the World Series. I thought it would have been the Washington Nationals and not the New York Mets. That just shows you how frustrating this series, this season has been for Washington. And with the choking incident, listen, Bryce Harper is arguably the face of this organization. This guy has respect. What they Jonathan do. Papelbon did, what Jonathan Papelbon did, not only was it wrong, but you know what? If you're going to do that to somebody that is admired and appreciated among the, among the Nationals and the ball club, the front office, and its fans. Then guess what? Jonathan Papelbon is actually asking for a one-way ticket out of the nation's capital. Pretty much, then finding another spot. Uh, we do have to uh, get to an update, and then we have a uh, commercial break. So we turn it right back over to you, Josh Lopez. No, don't worry. I'm back here. Okie dokie, stogie. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, final update today brought to you by jockjournal.com. Go to jockjournal.com and find all your great NFL information at jockjournal.com. Uh, hit up the song there with the final update today. After this update, we'll head to our last and final break. When we come back, we'll talk about the Cowboys' rest of the game and uh, why I'm more interested in watching Raw than Monday Night Football tonight. Oh, all that and more here on the Sports Drive here on Jack Journal Radio. Here's our last final update of the day. All right. Thank you very much, Josh. Thank you, Frank. Welcome to the final update for the Sports Drive on this Monday, December 7th, 2015. In the NHL, here is what we have scheduled for tonight's action. We've got three games on tap. Nashville Predators at the Boston Bruins, Minnesota Wild at the Colorado Avalanche, and lastly, the Buffalo Sabres taking on the Vancouver Canucks. In the NBA, of course, here's what we have for tonight's action. We've got the Pistons at the Hornets, Spurs at 76ers, Wizards at Heat, Mavericks taking on the Knicks at Madison Square Garden, Wizards at Heat, uh, Lakers at Raptors, Suns at Bulls, Trailblazers at Bucks, Clippers at Timberwolves, and lastly on NBA TV, it will be the Celtics taking on the Pelicans. In the NFL, Monday Night Football on ESPN. That will be the Washington Redskins. They will host the Dallas Cowboys tonight with John, actually with, yeah, with Mike Tirico and John Gruden calling the game for the Monday Night Football crew. Of course, it's followed by NFL Countdown. Other NBA news to report, going back to it for this update real quickly, the Golden State Warriors, they are off to a 22-0 start. If there is a possibility, can they beat the Bulls' 72-10 and 10 record? Everybody's talking about the fact that if they get 73 wins, can they overtake the Bulls and break their record? I'm Sean Mann for the final update for the Sports Drive. Now back on over to the host of the Sports Drive, Josh Lopez. Sean Mann, the update, Nance update uh, right there. Uh, we're going to head to commercial break right now when we come back. More football talk and more sports talk here in the Sports Drive on Jock Journal Radio. Time for commercials. If you listen hard enough, you might hear the subliminal messages telling you to buy whatever we are selling.
Dude, you can make more money. You can't Indeed. do that stuff on television. Hey, even you did. Even Sean agrees. Sean, I mean, Sean agrees, dude. You just hear Sean, he agrees Sean with me. know about the wrestling business. You cannot the do stuff they did back then on TV. You know that too, Frank. They would not be allowed to do that stuff. Oh, they're lucky to be on USA Network still. Oh, my goodness. What have we come to as a society? Po- political Well, you, you tell us the society. Well, yeah, that's not the society. It's not wrestling's fault. Yeah, and you know what? Actually, it is, because you want to know what? Vince McMahon and, every, and, and everybody, the WWE brass, could say, uh, screw PC. Screw you. PC. They could. You could do that. And you could do that, and you could be off the network like ECW spent for the last fifteen. Dude, years. you know what? Fine, fine. You know what? They'll be off, and then they'll find a better network. They'll find a new network. A network no, that the network. No, the point is they won't it. be on television. The point is nobody will watch them on television. They have a hard enough time trying to bring in uh, different. Uh, Sponsors to the show because nobody wants to advertise on professional wrestling because all the stuff you love and glory and blow hard about is the reason why advertisers and people don't want to advertise for wrestling or don't even want so it on television. So will somebody? So will somebody think of the children? Guess what, Josh? When it comes to professional wrestling, will somebody not think of the children and give us what we <laughs> love or at least what I love, and that is nothing more than male testosterone. Uh, fun-loving <laughs> entertainment. I don't know, man. You can't ask me that question. you got to ask USA Network that. That's not my fine, problem. It's going, not the WWE problem. It's USA Network. I'd be willing. Bring the USA Network's brass. Bring NBC Universal's brass. I'll be willing to answer. Come on. Come on. And by, yeah. the way, by the way, by the way, Raw's still the number one show on the USA Network for the last seven years. So, everybody that. says it sucks, but it's still doing a good job. All right. Well, they are so let's get money. into some football. We have the Cowgirls and Redskins as our ESPN delight da, 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 da. or torture, if you will. You stole it from me, Who did that? Was that Sean? Yeah, go ahead, Sean. Uh, go ahead, Frank. You do it. <laughs> uh, no, no, I'll tell you what. Let's do a contest, and let's see who's better. I'll do it first, and then I want to hear Sean. I'll tell you what, you go okay. first, Sean. Da, 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 da. Not bad, <laughs> not bad. But let me, but get on the school bus. Get on the school bus and let me drive it. Da, 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 da. Okay, Frank is better than mine. Okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, we have, um, of course, better than me anyway. Yeah. Uh, you have a matchup between two teams in one of the worst divisions in all of professional sports, the NFC East. Uh, a lot of playoff implications in this game. I will not be watching this because right now Monday Night Raw is more entertaining than Monday Night Football. The, the games they put on Monday nights on ESPN is absolutely garbage. It's salting it, it's to the NFL fans who want to see great games on the primetime television slot at the day of coming back from the weekend of work, and now you have to watch this boring nonsense of the Cowboys versus the Redskins. Give me a break. Plus, tonight Raw is the final show before the annual TLC pay-per-view, so I have a lot of stuff i got to do tonight in covering the show for 
com. So you guys can check me out on Twitter later on tonight, educating you on real wrestling. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, yeah, I'm way, way, way much looking forward to Raw tonight than the Cowboys and Redskins. You all can enjoy Matt Castle and Kirk Cousins. I'm going to be watching <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> you know what? I actually may agree with you, Josh, here on this. May. Because the <laughs> Dallas... I don't, look, forget the Washington Redskins. Who are the Washington Redskins playing tonight? The, the Cowboys. And that's, why Monday, and that's why Monday night football might suck tonight, and Raw may be a better entertainment. The Dallas Cowboys, enough said there. Sean, do you have any thoughts on what I just said there or no? Uh, the way I look at it is that this game is like the, the NFC East is arguably one of the worst divisions in all of football. That NFC East is a joke. I don't understand why they're even putting it on. Okay, I'm going to... Like the AFC I will, South? Yes. Yeah, AFC South, <laughs> NFC East are both bad divisions. I'd have to probably say, though, with that being said, I am going to take the Redskins tonight. How can you not take... Okay, Well, actually, Sean, you're right. How can you not take the Redskins? I mean, this Dallas Uh-oh. Cowboy team, they are completely beat up. They have no momentum. As a matter of fact, the Dallas Cowboys have become the sleep. Well, I'm not going to say the sleeper. Sleeper teams are actually good. They're the sleeping team of the National Football League. They have completely shut it off. Guys, I got to go with the Washington Redskins based on the fact that they're in first place. And I think, too, what needs to be looked at here is the fact that they do play well at home and there's extra momentum mm-hmm. here based on the fact that the Giants lost in overtime. Guys, Washington's going to be in the playoffs here. If they win, Washington's got that division wrapped up. They got it. They're good. Indeed. Hail to the Redskins. Hail to the Redskins. Hail to the Redskins, but it's not right when you have teams that are below 500 that make it to the postseason. That's why I, I got an idea. Them in the playoffs. What? Okay, good. Idea. Idea. I'll be proven again right of how terrible this division is because tonight – like I mentioned on Friday's show, I'm going with the Dallas Cowboys to defeat the Washington Redskins tonight on Monday Night Football. 21-17. Wow. Let me ask you, if that's the case, then will you at least peek during Raw for a few seconds just to see the, the, the I'll, I'll, I'll check in for fantasy. I'll check in for fantasy point reasons, but that's it. Whoa. How about this, gentlemen? I'm going to go with the Cowboys, and I can be two for two for my upset specials of the week. Hey, you do know Skip Bayless is going to admire you because of this. Yeah. They're his his Dallas Cowboys. You're picking Skip Bayless' Dallas Cowboys. Yep. I hate to say this, but Skip Bayless is probably saying that Josh Lopez, I love that son of a gun. He is my Josh Lopez. Oh, my goodness. Hold on. Shut up. That's scary enough. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Um, as we're, right, we're going to wrap up the show me. here, um, we have our final thoughts here. We'll start off with Sean Mann, the historian man, the co-host of the show. Any final thoughts, buddy, before we wrap up the show? Uh, what I want to say is that uh, 
fabulous show, and I just had a great time doing it. We were very opinionated, objective, and had good perspective, and uh, ready to do it again tomorrow. I'm going to give a shout-out. Uh, it seems like I give shout-outs constantly. Not every show, but every other show. And i got to give a big shout-out here. Uh, this day in 1980, my, my, my parents, God bless them, were married. 35 years of marriage. And, you know, what? at times I guess they can't stand each other. Uh, well, anyway, 35 years of marriage, tremendous accomplishment. And i got to be honest, this anniversary, the 35th anniversary special, because, yes, three and a half decades, uh, but also, it's the first time that uh, my dad is celebrating a wedding anniversary of my mom, and what she is a retired man. He retired, of course, uh, just three months ago, after a little more than 35, 30, after about 36 years of work as a police officer, working his way up the ranks in police work. Um, so, to my parents, in all seriousness, happy anniversary, David and Julia Sprinkle. Love you both. And the biggest accomplishment is, well, hey, it's got to be raising me. I mean, come on. I mean, you raised, I mean, you raised, you deserve some sort of accolade. Anyway, Mom and Dad, Dave and Julia Sprinkle, who I'm proud to call Mom and Dad, love you both. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary to Frank's parents. Happy anniversary. Also, uh... Before we wrap up here, since you brought up On This Day, might as well do a quick On This Day in sports history, right? Holy makes sense. Let's go. Anything from 1980? You know, know, a lot of people kind of misconstrue about what broadcasters do in a living, and they assume that they just sit on the chair and talk, and they don't put any work or effort because they're not – delivering stuff or they're not at a Walmart place or doing manual oh, labor, geez. but I think a lot of people don't understand the physical toll that eventually that broadcasters have to go through, and you know, I, I, I have to stay up for wee hours in the morning to set up shows like this and do an outline. It's not for people to feel sorry for me, but we bust our ass on this show to make this show stand out, and it really, it's really, uh, really unfortunate where people have to question your work ethic when you try to do something huh? that's really cool for sports fans. It's question your work ethic. Your work ethic is awesome sauce. It's mm-hmm. oh, I, I'm just saying nice I'm just saying nineteen thirty nine Luke Garrett was elected to the baseball hall of fame. Um he was the first player to have the rule waived that required a player to be retired one year before he could be elected. On this day in 1963, CBS introduced the first ever instant replay during an Army-Navy football game. Mm-hmm. On this day, Mike Bossy uh, from the New York Islanders got his first career hat trick. And then what on year was this that? day in 1978, okay, uh, 1986, you're going to love this one, Sean. 1986, Huey Lewis in the news saying the U.S. National Anthem before a San Francisco 49ers New York Jets football game at Candlestick Park, which will also be the home of Super Bowl 50 at Levi Stadium this year. Wow, in 1986. And then on this day, 1988, the Texas Rangers signed free agent pitcher Nolan Ryan to a one-year contract. So here we go. Let's see how this is going. Actually, I got one more. 
I got one more in this day in sports history. On this day on my parents' wedding anniversary, December 7th, 1980, Josh, you're going to love this, at Soldier Field in Chicago, Walter Payton and Vince Evans led the Bears' offense in defeating the Packers 61-7. Correct. <laughs> how about that? Correct. And that's how my dad always True. remembers the wedding anniversary, because the Bears beat the Packers 61-7 that day. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we're going to wrap it up for today's Sports Night episode 15. Uh, continue to spread the word about the show on social media. We'll be pimping out the show as well on our social media accounts. I'm at Twitter at WC Josh Lopez. Follow Sean at Twitter at SeanManSWR. Follow Frank at Twitter at JockJRL Frank. Um, we're on Twitter at Das Sports Drive. If you like our show, give us a follow there. It's at Das Sports Drive. Check out our new website, com backslash TSD. That is the acronym of our show, the Sports Drive, and uh, you can get all our information there. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy the show on the replay. If you can't, if you couldn't watch it or listen to it live today, uh, we appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to the show. Like us on Facebook. It's the Sports Drive with Sean Mann and Josh Lopez. Uh, check out JockGerald.com. Thanks to the Snowman from the Arena Sports Network for coming on as always on the best. Yes, the yes. Um, keep into social media later on today because. There may be a possibility that we may not have a show tomorrow. I have to have some confirmation first, but I'll let you guys know if there will be a show tomorrow. And with that said, we are out. So for Frank Sprinkle, the big blue bumblebee man from Cherville, Indiana, or wherever he is, right in Indiana. And then <laughs> we got, of course, we got Sean Mann from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Uh, preparing to lose a bet to Josh Lopez on Wednesday. Oh, jeez. Gutter ball. Got your gutter ball right here. I'm Josh Lopez. I'm the host of the Sports Drive and an upset Bears fan. And we'll talk to you next time here on the Sports Drive here on Jock Journal Radio. Hope you guys have a great day. Bye. Have a better day than me. just heard the sports drive with josh lopez and sean man you are listening to jock journal radio we offer news opinion and discussion all the time for you jock stars catch you later jock stars Cars for kids, K A R S cars for kids, one eight seven seven cars for kids. Donate your car today. Also on the web at carsforkids.com. That's cars with a K. We're a recognized 501c3 charity organization, so you'll receive a maximum tax deduction. What's more, you'll receive a free vacation voucher of three days and two nights. One eight seven seven cars for kids. K-A-R-S, Cars for Kids, one eight seven seven cars for kids Donate your car today.
Are you looking for the web's best sports news? Visit jockjournal.com. Sports media has lost its touch. It seems that journalists are scared to report what they see for fear of losing access to the teams they cover. At jockjournal.com, you get inside info on the entire NFL community without all the politics or fears other writers have. That's jockjournal.com. When you need the NFL sports news, information, opinions, fantasy, football, or discussions, there's only one place to go, and it's jockjournal.com. Okay, yeah, well, that's going to be, I will be there to do the shows with Josh, because I'm not going anywhere for Christmas Eve, we're staying home. I got to pick up a buddy, listen, that week, we'll see, mm-hmm. Let's, I'll, I'll know more by the end of the week, I'll know more by the end well, of the week. Me and Sal will make that show a two-hour show on the uh, All right. Christmas Eve. Like I said, that appointment, that which I've seen is yeah, it's all right for two hours. That's fine. Like yeah, 7 a.m. to 9, right? Or maybe 8 to 10, your time. Yeah, that appointment two weeks from today, which I believe, I'll have to double check. I can't afford to miss it, guys. No, it's all right. Don't worry about it. Don't uh, yeah, like I stuff. said, I made that before, long before we got involved in this. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Uh, good show. You guys did a good job today. All right. Okay. And by the way, I filled out all the agreement sheets. I'm gonna email. I'm gonna. Um, I just gotta scan it. I'm gonna email it to Nash later. Alrighty. All right, guys. Have a blessed day.